Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Unlockable Podcast. This is episode 36, and we're trying something new. Y'all can let us know what you think, but we're going to start doing episodes where we play through a game and just talk about that one specific game for a couple hours. And this month is Bayonetta. Please reach out to us and let us know if there's anything that you'd like us to, you know, if there's any game you'd like to see us play in particular. We love feedback. Uh, which reminds me, come join the Discord where you can talk about our episodes with us, you can give us topic ideas, or just come say hi to us. We're friendly, I promise. And uh, that's all I got, though. Please leave a positive review on whatever app you're listening to this on. The algorithm is very hard to win over. And yeah, let's do it. Welcome back to the Unlockable Podcast. My name's Christian, and joining me as always is the Game Girl Advance SP herself. That's me. Hey, Hannah. How's it going? I'm doing well. Uh, I'm super busy all the time. Not with work, not with any one thing in particular. I'm just like busy. I'm a busy human being. I'm always doing something, you know? Man, I thought you were going to say, oh, you know, just been busy playing games or catching up on Bayonetta. That's part of it, you know? <laughs> yeah, so you and I discussed that we were going to do this episode, and it took you, like, five minutes to beat this game. Like, we had talked about it, and you are like, all right, I'm gonna start playing. And then, like, it was like a month, it was like two months ago, and you were in this kick where you were actually playing games, and, and you just knocked it out real quick. I know, it was, in the, it was in the semester where, or the beginning of the semester, where I wasn't really doing anything, I had a lot of free time, and it was like, you know what, I'm gonna play some games. And I did. I think I beat like three games. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a lot for me. I usually beat like maybe five a year. <laughs> so. And the Game Woo-hoo. Boy stuff had just come out on Switch. You were ta- telling me about all these games you were playing. I was shook. And then you stopped me from playing one, which might become one of these episodes. Who knows? Oh, but, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. That should be our next one, actually. I want to play that. I did. I wrote it down in the doc. It's fun. Um, I only played it for like an hour or two, but it was a lot of fun. I have played... Well, you know, I'm not going to sit here and and make people wonder what it is. We're thinking about playing Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, uh, a GBA game, as one of these episodes where we talk about one game in particular. Um, But yeah, I've played one of the DS games, or two of the DS games actually, never finished them, uh, but I'd love to start with the original. Yeah, I agree. That would be a lot of fun. So if you like this kind of episode, definitely let us know. And if you want to see us talk about Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, also let us know. Hannah, how are you doing? Uh, good. I just had my spring break, so that was a lot of fun. And I know we're going to talk about what we've been buying. And I swear, I tried. I went to like three different retro (laughs) gaming stores. They were all pretty neat. But there was nothing that really jumped out at me for, like, a good price. You know, sometimes you try to go in there and you try to get them. They're like, oh, man, they were keeping, you know, uh, track of this game's price. And they're selling it for, like, $30. And really, it's an $80 game. Didn't see any of those. Um, but, yeah, it was fun to look at all the stuff. But I didn't buy anything. So I bought nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's a big part of it. Just looking at the stuff. You know, always enjoy learning about things I didn't know existed. Yeah, meeting cool people and talking to random nerds who are standing next to you. You know, the good stuff. Actually, Where'd you go for wait, spring? you know what? 
That's a lie. I literally sent you a snap of a game. I went to GameStop with one of my cousins because oh, was on yeah. the way we were shopping. And I got um, Fortune Street, which is the cross between uh, the Square Enix, like Dragon Quest uh, characters and Mario, mm-hmm. which I thought was really interesting. It's like, I don't know, $30, <laughs> $40 game, but I got it for $15 at GameStop. It was like the last Wii game there. It was crazy. I would have bought that in a heartbeat. It was nice. It was actually, it actually came in one of those like uh, aftermarket, like those black cases that they sometimes put the games in at GameStop. Mm. But there was another, it was like Wii Sports or something. Not maybe not Wii Sports, but Wii Sports Resort or whatever that was in its standard case. And I asked the people, I was like, "Hey, can I just switch out this case? I don't want this like ugly <laughs> ass black case." And they looked at me like I had ten heads. They were like, "We've never gotten that question before." I was like, clearly you guys are not collectors. <laughs> that seems like such a normal thing. But yeah, they let me switch it out and they switched the stickers and it was fine. But yeah, it was just such an odd experience. But I forgot I got that for $15. Bargain. Wow. I would not have had the guts to ask that. Good for you. Um, and good for GameStop for letting you do that. <laughs> yeah, they didn't care. We were the only people in the store. And they're like, girls? <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that was fun. Where did you go over spring break? So I went to Atlanta, which is actually where I got the game uh, for a couple of days to visit some family and do some family stuff. And then my brother and his uh, girlfriend just bought or uh, are renting a house in Asheville, North Carolina, which is like a real hipster kind of place. It was a lot of fun. We had mm. a lot of good food. Um, we went to a lot of breweries, which, you know. If that's your thing, that's your thing. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. Awesome. Nice. I'm happy to hear you had a good uh, spring break. Good time. Um, I'll take my shot at the Ben Buy-In. My birthday was this month, and it was a great birthday. I took a week off, and um, as I'm talking, I realize I forgot to write down a couple of games I bought. I did do a little game hunting myself. Um, found out there's a new, not new, there's a game over in my, you know, new area that I'm living in, different part of Houston than I lived in before. Um, I I had no idea that this game over existed, so I checked that one out uh, with one of the days on my week off, and I checked out another store that I haven't been to in like seven months. Um, bought like was the game one over or good? two. The game over was huge, actually, and it was kind of cool. It had, like, an upstairs and a downstairs, sort of. Ooh. Um, yeah, it was neat. And I ended up buying, like, one or two games from each store. Just kind of, like, they weren't insane deals or anything. It was like, oh, it's my birthday, you know, let me spend 15 bucks on this game that's worth $15, which I never do. <laughs> um, Treat yourself. So I got Death Jr. Um, this is a game I had never heard of until I got like into the collecting scene and started using Instagram, right? Like, it's it's this game that um, is on Wii, PSP, PS2, I think, like DS, like just different entries across all the consoles. And um, I got, I think, the second game. It's called Death Jr. Root of Evil on the Wii. And... Um, I think part of the reason that I was just like drawn to buying it that day was that it was a co-op game and I had knew that my girlfriend and I were going to be hanging out a lot that week and I was like you know what screw it I want this game and it's a decent price and I bought it and uh, it's not it's not the best game I've ever played Anna 
it's a game. <laughs> is it a is it a platformer? I would say it is a 3D platformer, and there's like lots of hack and slash stuff going on. Um, oh. Yeah, I I think it's cool. It looks good on my CRT with the component cables and everything. It's Very controls nice. are fine. You're using Wii Remote and Nunchuck. Um, Ooh. <laughs> Everyone's favorite <laughs> controller combo. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fine game. Um, yeah. That's that. Uh, the other crap I bought was like Prince of Persia on Wii. I don't know. I, I bought some weird random stuff, I think. But what I really want... On the GameCube? Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch a of one? Prince of Persia's out there. I don't know which one. This one isn't on GameCube. Oh, I thought there was one. Well, never mind. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I thought there was one good one, and that's the one that everyone talks about. I didn't know there were multiple. Well, I'm not saying this one's good, but I'll probably never find out. Sweet. <laughs> What I'm excited to get to is these gifts that I received for my birthday. You sent me a giant package, Hannah. And uh, I, I got freaking awesome items. I got Cruisin' Blast, which got bad reviews, Woo-hoo! but I don't freaking care. I'm excited <laughs> to play through that whole game. Um, I got GoldenEye, a game that apparently I owned. I didn't realize it. Um... But it was a major label upgrade. I, I put them side by side, and my copy was disgusting, to say the least. So, thank you for that. <laughs> uh, you're welcome. Scarlet Symphony is a Japanese-exclusive Metroidvania game that like takes mm-hmm. a lot of, um, I guess, inspiration from Symphony of the Night. Hence the name. Yes. And, uh, yeah, I've literally never heard of this game. I don't know where you heard of it, but I am super There's excited to play this. Do you want to hear the story about it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so when we were playing Monster Hunter Rise, I had the Japanese voice actors on, and you had English, right? And so yeah. I kept recognizing... Do you remember the, um... I don't... She's, like, the quest maiden. She's, like, the person that you go to to, like, go on the adventure, or, like, the... Missions, whatever, you know what I'm talking about? The girl who's sitting She's on the sitting box. sitting on the bench, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I recognized <laughs> her voice, and I was like, where do I know this voice from? Because I watch a lot of anime, you know, I'm a nerd of all trades. Anyway, so I looked it up, and she's actually the voice actress of one of my favorite anime of, like, all time. And I was like, that is so sick. And so I did what normal people do, right? And you look at all of her, like, her IMDb, and you look at all of her um, credits and stuff. And then I found this game, which was Starlight Symphony. And I looked at it, and then I was just reading Scarlet. through it, just because, you know, Scarlet, that's what I meant. And um, I was reading through it, and uh, she's the voice actress of the main character of this game. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. And then it was like, yeah, it's a Metroidvania game, blah, blah, blah. And I kept reading about it, and I was like, oh, well, this seems kind of cool. And then I researched it a little bit, and then it only came out in Japan. And so I was waiting to see if it was going to come out in the U.S., and of course it never did, or it has still not yet. So I was like, you know what, I'll just import it. Bam. You're so freaking generous. Like, you're thinking about me months in advance like this. I love it. This was awesome. Yeah, I had, I'm excited to I've play had Cruise and Blast or whatever for, like, a long time. I think about getting <laughs> people games, like, as soon as their birthday's over, I'm like, all right, what's the next thing? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I love buying gifts for people that collect video games. That's the easiest. I agree. Um, it's very easy. 
But we're not even done, folks. Hannah also got me Zelda Game and Watch, Zelda the Game and Watch that came out like a year or two ago. Um, always thought that was super freaking cool, and just never wanted to put my own money on it. And I'm really excited to have that. Yep, that was cool. And I think that's gonna be a good like desk piece, you know, because it's got that clock on it. So I think that would just be really cool to have right in front of me all the time. Put it in like a cool little stand. Heck yeah. Oh, yeah. I bet Rose Colored Gaming makes a stand for it. Good call. I was just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, I don't know how I feel about this last one. I got Rabbit's Party of Legends brand new and sealed on the <laughs> Switch. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is, you know, for those of you that don't know, I collect everything Rayman I do not collect Rabbids, but I suppose it can take up <laughs> a quarter inch on my shelf. <laughs> oh, man, would you have an open and play it again? I bet it's an amazing party game, honestly. I bet it's great. <laughs> Thought you'd be so excited for it. Thank you so much for all this, Hannah. You're welcome. Very, very welcome. My good friend Tyler hooked me up with Metroid Prime Remastered, and Ooh. I have played that a little bit. Um, well, I guess we'll talk about that in a little bit, but I also got Dr. Muto, yet another GameCube game. Thank you so much, Tyler, for that. Um, and then this one, this is a little bit of a story right here. When I was a kid, I would go to my cousin's house, and we would play this Tonka game on the PC, Okay, I have very little oh, PC wait, gaming wait. experience. No wait way. Do not tell wait me you played this. Wait a second. Dude, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day. You're kidding. No freaking way. I have never met anyone else talk. I've never heard anyone talk about this game. Okay, will you explain what the game is and I'll tell you if I've played it or not. It's, okay. This game allows you, it, it requires you to take this giant accessory that goes onto the keyboard it straps on if if that's not it then i can just keep going it sounds like you don't know what i'm talking about uh-uh it's not it okay that would have been insane but anyways um there's there's this game i played as a kid you take this giant accessory it's a controller pretty much but it doesn't actually it's not electrical it's fully mechanical you know it just sits on your keyboard and you like velcro strap it to the keyboard and it's got tools on it or like not tools it's got switches on it right it's got like Ooh. push this button to do this and uh pull this lever to do this or you know rotate this wheel it's all basically about controlling different you know um construction equipment i guess construction vehicles and so what's really happening under this accessory is it's just pressing like the a key right but you're doing this really cool like maneuver and um yeah and and so i played this as a kid and i i had never really up until a few months ago i was actually playing some video games with my roommate one of my roommates and she and I were playing like Scooby-Doo on the GameCube, but um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and she was saying that or we, we, we got to talking about like games we played as a kid. I don't know if you ever played Pajama Sam or uh, no, some other like educational like child game. I don't know. 
we got to talking about stuff like that and i started telling her about this tonka game and i looked it up on ebay for like the first time ever just because i'd never even thought of doing that and it's like a 40 dollars game surprisingly um i'm sure most of that is shipping it's this big giant thing (laughs) um but yeah anyways long story short she bought me this game like without me even telling her the name of it like she went and like looked into it and freaking got this for my birthday and it's so cool um it's actually i got to do a little research it is not the game that i played as a kid and to my absolute surprise there were two tonka games where you would put a giant accessory on your keyboard so this is not the one i grew up with but it is still freaking cool it's like a really cool shelf piece uh this one is called tonka workshop and i don't remember the name of the one that i played as a kid tonka workshop no that sounds way better than what i played mine was just like you get to customize like your own thing and you got to like dig dirt and like build a town and blah 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 blah. man your sounds way cooler but that's so funny i guess tonka was really you know <laughs> sold a bunch of games in the what i guess late 90s early 2000s i was like doing a lot more research on this than i should have been i'm pretty sure what i needed to be doing was podcast research and i was like out here doing all this freaking tonka workshop research (laughs) oh that's so funny Uh, i played a lot of pc games back in the day and the the educational ones were called like jumpstart or something Um, oh yeah they had like they had like a whole line of educational games and i loved those that were the shit back in the day man if I can Man, play those I think again, I I'd be so happy. I don't know why I stopped being a PC gamer. Like, as a kid, I played a lot more than I, you know, than I remember. Yeah. And then that Jimmy Neutron game, I talked about that not that long ago. And, of course, I played RuneScape. I played PC all the time. That was, like, the thing, yeah. man. Especially in schools. Because, like, computers were starting. Oh, yeah. Like, you used to get, like, big computer labs. And you're like, yeah, these are educational games. But really, they weren't at all. But that was just, like, the new thing yeah (laughs) man yeah there's definitely stuff that i could play that i played back in like kindergarten first grade if i could just you know my memory is so fuzzy on what i played but if i ever see those games i'm buying them on the spot like holy crap (laughs) (laughs) yeah me too oh that's so funny um okay so those were gifts let me talk about what i've been buying um i bought a psp game i got me and my katamari really excited oh. to play more katamari really freaking loved the first game didn't um, uh, that one just get announced to becoming to be remastered or is that a different one it's a different one oh god um, how many katamari games are there dude you should play one don't you have one you should definitely play the first game yeah i played one i played the one that came out on switch oh okay i don't think i beat it i think me and my friend were doing the cooperative mode which is not that in-depth and interesting but yeah i played a little bit huh Mm -hmm. i got red dead revolver the very first red dead redemption game kind of sort of not really uh excited to play that on xbox Mm -hmm. i got the remake of secret of mana that came out in 2018 so i'm pretty sure well i know for a fact this got like bad reviews um, not a lot of people were a fan of it. The artwork isn't great. Uh, but I'm excited to kind of try it myself <laughs> as someone that loves the original and loves the series, you know. So I'm, I'm excited mm-hmm. to kind of form my own opinion on it. That's cool. And 
this morning I did a little game hunting, Hannah. I went garage sailing because my neighborhood had a community yard sale going on and I also went to the flea market. So first like, I don't know, eight garage sales pretty much dead, pretty dry for video games. The usual, right? That's how it goes. And then I hit one and... You know, I'm doing my thing where I ask if people have any old video games they're trying to get rid of. You know, you got anything collecting dust upstairs or in the attic or whatever. And this guy says, well, I do have one thing, but I'm just not sure what, you know, I would... I'm not sure what I should sell it for, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, I get a Super Nintendo. He brings out his Super Nintendo console with eight games, two controllers, and... um, he sold it all to me for like a hundred dollars it was super mario world mario all-stars double dragon 5 or v i don't know what it is nba jam donkey kong country 2 miss pac-man we got turtles in time and Mega Man x so really great price for all that nonsense um yeah that was cool that's awesome how much uh, do you think all of that would be if you sold it you know MSRP. I'm gonna say two fifty to three hundred. Oh wow, that's a great deal. <laughs> what a very sucker. good deal. <laughs> <laughs> Ninja Turtles is like a fifty dollar game, I think. So that oh, was snap. the I didn't know that the gem of the bunch. Cool. Um. Oh yeah, and then I went to the flea market, and I I actually got some freaking. This dude had. Japan imports like Sega Dreamcast, Sega Saturn. He had Wii. Oh, cool. Like there was all kinds of random stuff, and that was actually he my only Wii? pickup. I got. He had J- Japanese Wii games. Yeah. Huh. They had cool cover arts for like I mean all the games that he had for Wii had released here, so it wasn't that interesting. But like oh. I saw WarioWare or or Wario Land. I saw Wario Land shake it and it had a cool cover. I thought about picking that up, but. It was like, I don't know, he was just throwing prices at me that I wasn't feeling. And I ended up getting <laughs> Sakura Wars 2 on the Sega Saturn. It's this nice, nice. like, double disc game. Um, I've heard of this one. I think it was pretty popular in Japan. And it, um, it it's super common. I went on eBay and it was like $20 is probably overpaying because that's how common and cheap it is, even in the mm-hmm. U.S. Um... But yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a tactical RPG. Huh. Correct me if I'm wrong in the comments. Well, yeah, don't ask me. I have no idea. But that sounds cool. What an interesting guy. So yeah. Um, that's it. That's what I've been buying and receiving for gifts. It's been great. It's been a great month. Wow. Birthday months are always the best. <laughs> Hannah, have you played anything? Uh, yes. <clears throat> so, before Spring Break, I started playing Metroid Prime Remastered. Um, all I'm going to say is that I wish I was enjoying it much more than I am, and that we might have to talk about it next month. <laughs> Do you remember what our topic is for next month? <laughs> no, but I'll go check real quick. <laughs> it's games that we started playing but never finished. <laughs> And I'm thinking it might be one of those, even though I don't want it to be. But, like... Oh, man. Ugh. 
I have so much to say about it, but I want to save it for next month. Maybe ask me next month. <laughs> it's actually May. That's our May episode. Oh, it's our May episode? Oh, crap. Two <laughs> uh, okay, well, let me just say that the map is wackadoodle-doo, and I hate it. And I just maybe think that I'm not used to playing like a first-person shooter. The only other first-person shooter I can remember ever playing is obviously the James Bond series, like GoldenEye, Nightfire, and all that jazz. But, mm-hmm. like, I just, I, there's something that I don't like about it. Interesting. all that I will say. But I want it, it's the crazy thing is I want to enjoy it so much more. Because I think the story is fascinating. Like, I'm really enjoying going around and, like, scanning all the things and, like, learning about things. Um... But yeah, I don't know. There's just something whack about the gameplay I don't like, and I can't quite put my finger on it. You know, I actually decided that since I played the original, um, that this time around I'm not going to scan anything. Like, it slows the game down so immensely for me, and I'm just, like, trying to get to my destination. And, uh, you know, I I don't read any of it anyway. I think I'm just (laughs) not going to scan anything this playthrough. (laughs) Well, that's fair. I mean, if you've already done it, I could see why you wouldn't. But for me, who has never experienced anything in the Metroid universe, I like yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. I love it. Give me all of the lore. I want it all. Well, that's interesting. Um, I hope you give it another shot before May, and you can report back to us. <laughs> Probably not. I'm dreading it so much. Haha. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Metroid dread. What else? That's it. You played one game and you hated it. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. That's it. Yep, that sounds about right. In February, I did not beat a single game, but in March, I'm picking up the slack. Um, two games beaten on stream, actually. I beat Kid Dracula, the Famicom release. That Ooh. was a fun game. That's like my 13th Castlevania game right there, I think. Oh, wow. Why did I not know that was a Castlevania game? <laughs> And then, what else did I beat on stream? My cousin and I streaming Pac-Man World 2. Man, that game sucks. If you played that game as a kid, if you're listening to this, don't go replay it. Just let the nostalgia, <laughs> you know, fill you up and make you think that it's a great game. Because that's what I thought. I thought it was a blast as a kid, and I found out it's not. <laughs> wow. More power to you for finishing it, even though you didn't like it. Yeah. Uh, I beat Pokemon Scarlet finally. You know, I had just been trying to complete the decks before I went and finished all the crap. And um, I kind of got to this point where I had finished all... I had gotten a lot of the decks and I don't have a lot left to do. I have like 26 Pokemon left to catch now. Still playing through that from time to time. It's a blast. Uh And um, I beat Super Mario 3D World for the second time. Played that with the girlfriend cannot ever go wrong with that right hannah no i hate that game but we'll talk about that (laughs) in two months too (laughs) and then since i beat hey and hey anetta since i beat bayonetta (laughs) i have started playing hollow knight again so hollow knight i was like pretty certain i was gonna get to this and finally like finish it before you know 100 hours go into um Zelda in May, so I'm going to try to beat Hollow Knight um, probably in April and try to keep knocking that out uh, the next week or two. 
It's a lot of fun. Nice. It's a hard game. Yeah, I don't think I'd have the patience for that, but good for you. <laughs> Let's talk about news. Um, I got nothing, Hannah. Tell me about the news. You have nothing? God, again? You anyway. You know this. <laughs> so, Bandai Namco is moving into Sega's old arcade in Japan. You know about that. Sega closed their giant, massive, like, whatever it is, eight-story arcade in Japan, and Bandai Namco is now moving into its uh, skeleton. I did not hear about that. That's cool. Oh, you didn't know that? I didn't know about the Namco part. I knew about the Sega oh, thing. Oh, oh, oh. I think we covered that on the podcast. Yeah, I was about to say, I think we did. It was a very sad day, but, you know, Bandai Namco's in there. Also... The Super Mario movie is now releasing two days earlier than originally planned. So it was planned for mm. the uh, 7th of April. Now it's the 5th of April. Get excited. We're so close. <laughs> Keeping with the theme of the movie, the Super Mario Bros. movie is partnering with Lush, which is that soap and bath bomb store and like all the malls across <laughs> America, and launching exclusive products like a question block and fire flower bath bomb, a Mario Red shower gel, coin uh soap shaped like you know the classic coin princess peach body spray and bowser and <laughs> peach shower jelly so go get your soaps <laughs> that's collectible stuff right there oh heck yeah so is it came out <laughs> yesterday on the 24th of march so it's online and in stores now so go get your soaps you smelly people <laughs> also Amazon is also delivering packages in Mario-themed question mark boxes. So it's a signature oh, wow. yellow question mark with Super Mario branding all over it. So if you order something from Amazon that's going to come in a big old box, you might get one. Cool, All huh? the more reason to buy something from Amazon in a big old box. Yeah, exactly. They're really uh, going all out for this movie advertisement. Gotta say. Kind of excited about it. Heck Yeah. Also, to keep on the theme of Metroid, Metroid Fusion just released on Nintendo Switch Online on March 9th, so you can play that one. Heck yeah. Pretty sweet. And, as you should know, the 3DS and Wii U shops close in two days of this recording, so by the time you hear this, it's probably already closed. Um, rest in peace. But it is peace. officially closing on March 27th, so may they rest in peace forever. No final purchases for you? I have a whole list of things I have to buy in the next two days. So <laughs> I will to. be doing that this weekend. <laughs> That's exciting. Yes. Also, despite the fact that Tears of the Kingdom is literally coming out in two months, Nintendo keeps talking and tweeting about Breath of the Wild. All the time. But there was just one yesterday. It's like, huh. really? It's so strange. I don't know why they're not talking about Tears of the Kingdom just a little bit more, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> but they also announced that the Tears of the Kingdom pre-order in Japan will come with a spoon for the Standard Edition. But if you get the Collector's <laughs> Edition, you get a spoon and a fork. Yay. This is honestly the greatest thing. That That's the one thing I should have written down. I'm so excited. <laughs> I mean, I, I would be excited if I was getting that silverware. So it's it's literally just a fork and a spoon with the Tears of the Kingdom like uh, engraved into the metal of the handle. So if you want a spoon, which, you know, it's so strange. I don't want to sound stupid, but, you know, obviously Japanese people use spoons and forks, right? I'm, I'm not saying that. But like 
chopsticks. They're like, why did they do chopsticks? <laughs> you know, I, know. I could totally see that being like a a my Nintendo reward, a freaking spoon. <laughs> spoon and a fork. No knife though. Just a spoon and a fork. <laughs> no complete. No set steak food. will be eaten. Nope, definitely not. Also, Sonic Origins Plus was just announced, and it'll be launching on June 23rd. It will be released for the Switch, the PS4, the PS5, PC, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X for $40. There's like um, 15 or 18 or something games on that. Um, 12 of I them are... I have a full are... list here. Oh, let's do it. It's 16 games, so you're right in the middle. We got from the Genesis and Sega CD... Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Sonic CD, and Sonic the Hedgehog 3 and Knuckles. Then from the Game Gear we have Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Sonic Chaos, Sonic Spinball, Sonic Drift, Sonic the Hedgehog Triple Trouble, Sonic Drift 2, Sonic Labyrinth, Tails Adventure, and Sonic Blast. It's a lot of Sonic. So not only, I th- I'm, like, I'm pretty sure some of those aren't even never released here. And then on top of that, most of them are still region, not region, some of them are still locked to the Game Gear, so there's like no reason not to pick this up. I'm definitely excited. It's only like 40 bucks, so it's going to be a cool one. Yeah, I probably won't be picking it up, but it's very cool to see that (laughs) Sonic fans are eating good within the last couple years. I mean, really, Sonic's been everywhere. And the last thing I have here is, did you know that Resident Evil 4 has like a cute Studio Ghibli style movie? I mean, anime, not movie. I think I did see something about that on Instagram. Tell me more. It's like cute and it's bright and apparently it's just anime short. So I don't know if it's like a full series or if it's even like a full 22 minute episode, but it looks... It's totally uncharacteristic of, like, the dark and scary, creepy world of Resident Evil 4. So cool, huh? Is it out yet? Yeah, I think the third episode or third short is out at the time I looked at it, but yeah, pretty cool. Wow. (laughs) That's all I got. All right, good stuff. Um, we're 35 minutes in. Let's get into the topic at hand. We have Bayonetta today. Um, yes. We're going to be talking... I guess we'll just start with a little outline um, of what we're going to be doing today. But we we played Bayonetta in the last... Uh, some of us in the last week, some of us in the last three months. And we... <laughs> we... <laughs> You're making it sound like it's a bad thing that I got it out of the way and did everything. <laughs> I'm trying to make it sound like it's a bad thing that I put it off so long. Oh, um, okay, okay. Pretty much, we went in the Discord and said, hey, you know, we're going to play this game. You guys should play it with us, alongside of us. I know we had a few people join in a little bit. I don't know how many. I think only one person actually beat the game, but... Um, mm. I think that it'll be fun to kind of do that in the future. You know, if we play Mario and Luigi, you know, or whatever we play next, definitely gonna have, um, definitely gonna let y'all know in advance in the Discord, and uh, you know, you guys can play it alongside us. We can share our thoughts as we play through it, and then of course release the episode. Uh, just a fun little interactive thing to do with you guys. But 
Um, today we're going to talk about Bayonetta 1 exclusively. Uh, we just had a new Bayonetta game release this month, this like a week or two ago. It was, uh, I have it written down, it's some game name Come on. that is ba- not It's Bayonetta easy. Origins. Bayonetta Origins, Ceresa, what is it, and the Lost Demon or something? <laughs> Dang it, <laughs> Hannah. Nailed it. Nailed that it. is exactly what it is. <laughs> Bayonetta Origins, Ceresa, and the Lost Demon. And if you've never played Bayonetta, probably not the one to start with. It's actually a spinoff, and it's also a prequel to the first game. Um, but I'm diving into things that we shouldn't dive into yet. So let me just talk about the outline. We're going to talk about the intro. Nope. We're going to talk about the story of the game. We're going to give a little development background to talk about... Um, platinum games a bit and all that gameplay we're going to talk about the impact that the game has had on the industry and the reception that it had when it released and you know some final thoughts and that'll probably be roughly our outline as we do these types of episodes assuming you guys enjoy this episode and Mm um i guess we might stumble around a little bit but i think for the most part we have this down um but yeah i guess what i'm trying to say is cut us a little slack as we try out this new format for the episode very nice very well put so without further ado let's get into bayonetta um i yeah i guess we'll start with the release dates Back in 2007, Platinum Games was two games deep on their, I don't know what you call a discography for video games. They were working on their third project, um, (laughs) Bayonetta. (laughs) Um, Hideki Kamiya joined Capcom way back in 1994. He did a little work on Resident Evil 1, but he was like director of... Um, Resident Evil 2, Devil May Cry, and Beautiful Joe, and I think even Okami. And he is the one who is currently the vice president and director of Platinum Games, and he was the director of the first Bayonetta game, and all the Bayonetta games. Um, I would like to start by saying that most of my resources here came from Wikipedia and... Also, YouTube, uh, I watched the Did You Know Gaming video and got some information from that. Um, yeah. A lot of employees over at Platinum Games actually used to work for Clover Studios, which was owned by Capcom. So, there is... No, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. The dev team working on Bayonetta called themselves Team Little Angels as a reference to Team Little Devils, which was the team that made Devil May Cry over at Capcom. Oh, that's fun. I know. You can see a tombstone at the very beginning of Bayonetta that says Team Little Angels on it. I do remember Um, that. Yeah. I remember looking at that and like not having done this research and wondering what that was a reference to, if anything... Um, yeah. So this game, Bayonetta, released on October 29th, 2009, took a whole lot of inspiration from Scandinavian mythology for the names of the angels in the game. Um, yeah, interesting stuff. And I think 
that that is all I have for that section there. We're going to talk about differences in versions. So this game originally released on the Xbox 360 and PS3 and it was supposed to be a 360 exclusive at first. Uh, I'm not sure how much research you did on this part but mm -mm. if you want to stop me at some point. Okay. Um, PS3 version ended up being really rough unfortunately. They said that they didn't really know how to develop for the PS3 yet. Um and it was an afterthought, really. So the game was supposed to come out on 360 only. Um, the PS3 version came out with lower resolution, poor quality textures. It had some frame rate issues where it would jump up and down a whole lot. Um, later on, after the game's release, the producer said that he believes it's Platinum's biggest failure to date. Which is really saying something. Um, yeah, she's... And I can understand, like, not being proud of something like that. But at the same time, you know, when we get into reception, you'll see that the PS3 version really didn't do too bad. You know, I feel like maybe he was a little hard on himself there. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. The game later came out on PC, which was evidently a great port of the game, as you can imagine. Um, you can currently buy it as a part of this 10th anniversary bundle, physically or digitally, on PS4 and Xbox One. It's got Vanquish and Bayonetta on it, which is two Sega-published and Platinum Games-developed games. Um, later, the game was brought to the Wii U with um, Bayonetta 2. So after some stuff we'll talk about in a minute, the game came out in... Um, came as like the first print of Bayonetta 2 came with two discs one of them being Bayonetta 1 which was like a cool you know early purchaser reward I guess I guess you could think of it that way um, so don't buy the later version if you're looking to play the game on Wii U huh and, you know what I have a yeah. copy of the Wii U game and I was like wait did the first one never come out of the Wii U and then I heard that it does come with the Wii U game but not all of them, so is that mine's not open? So I assume it would say on the outside if it come pa comes packaged with the first one too, right? I'm pretty sure it says it on the front of the box, yeah. So man, I think I just have the second one. <laughs> Dang it, <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, and yeah, the game. Well, yeah, we can talk about your next section here. Yeah, so the version that I played was the Switch version that came out. Uh, well, I have it. So, <laughs> Bayonetta 1 was a digital-only game released as a digital code with the physical release of Bayonetta 2, and that mm. released in February of 2018. So the only way to get it to play the... Well, I mean, of course, you could buy it in the eShop, I think. But the only way to get it quasi-physically, I guess, is to buy the Bayonetta 2 because um, it has reversible covers, so you get the Bayonetta on one side, the Bayonetta 2 on the other side, but it's completely digital. So 2 is the only one on the cart. Uh, 1 is a digital-only code, so that's how I played it. Um, but in Europe and Japan, it got a non-stop Climax edition, uh, collector's edition, that came with uh, physicals of both games, a steelbook, a sticker sheet, and cool, uh, like uh, the verse cards, what they're called, like a pack of cards. Um, but we didn't get that. We only got a... We only got a download box. I mean, a download code in a box, which is weird. But to make things even freaking weirder, in promotion, I guess, for the release of 3, Bayonetta 1 did get a standalone physical release on September 30th of 2022. 
So I guess in the end, they all now have physical releases on the Switch. So you can buy them all and play them all. But I don't know why they did the digital download code. That was really annoying. Um, it always is. Now it's now it's its own standalone. So that was cool. Um, and then I did kind of a... I watched a few like comparison videos of like the Wii U versus the Switch version. Um, and basically it just says that load times were obviously a lot faster on the Switch than the Wii U. The combat is like smoother, obviously, as you'd expect from like, um, you know, running on a new console. It was a side-by-side -side comparison and the Switch version looked like a little bit darker, like the contrast was a little sharper, so it made the game kind of pop more than like the washed out version of the Wii U. But honestly, if you're not looking at these like side-by-side, -side, you're not really going to notice a difference. Um, I read a few reviews of the games and they said that the Switch version is the superior way to play unless you play the backwards compatibility on the Xbox Series X, I think. Um, or maybe just the Xbox One. I don't know. Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> I get so confused with the Xbox Ones. Uh, but obviously the PC is the best way to play. But then after that would be backwards compatibility of the Xbox One and then the Switch version. So if you're going to play one on Nintendo platform, it should be the Switch. I don't think anyone's going to argue that. Literally, no one has it on the Wii U, so you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then that one was kind of a big deal when it came out. That that Bayonetta two two pack was like a really cool thing to have. Um, but yeah, just to throw this in, I did play the forwards compatible. I guess you would say I played the 360 disc on my Series X, and it did look really good and played really good. Yep. And then I also did another comparison between Xbox 360 versus the Switch versus the Xbox One. Uh, all versions of the game cap at 60 frames per second. All the consoles dip below that, obviously, at some points, like most things do. Uh, but the Switch version's drops are actually shallower and shorter than the other console versions, uh, except for the Xbox One. So I thought that was interesting. Um, performance on Switch is better than Xbox 360 Wii U. I already said that. Um, and... Yeah, so like I said, if you're not looking at it like side by side, you're really not going to notice. But I also did note that the th the PS3 port was absolutely awful. <laughs> and just don't play it on there. But apparently there was a lot of patches and fixes and updates and whatever that fixed that. So I don't know if oh, it's still okay. like Oh, okay. I that. didn't actually read about that. Yeah, I looked it up because I had no idea that it was even on PS3. And I was like, oh man, I could have played it on PS3 whatever years ago. And they're like, do not. And all caps <laughs> played on PS3. But then I read another review that was like, oh, it's been fixed since then. So, I don't know. But yeah. That's all I got about that. Uh, you want to talk to us about how after Bayonetta... Well, I don't know. Should we save this part for later when we're talking about like reception and stuff? Um, well... Actually, you know what? I have some more differences, believe it or not. Oh, let's do Between it. the Switch versions and the other versions. Did you know that if you play the versions on the Switch, you get fun Nintendo-themed costumes? Oh, I did. Did you know that? Yeah. So, these costumes are available, obviously, on both the Wii U versions and the Switch port. Um, and they can be worn both by Bayonetta and by Sean. <laughs> Which is, I thought her name was Gian, but they always just say Jean. You know what I'm saying? I definitely never thought it was Gian. 
I thought it was Jen the entire time. And they're like, Jean, what are you doing here? Jean. <laughs> okay, so there are four basic costumes. There's um, costumes inspired by Princess Peach and Princess Daisy. So it's like a pink costume, obviously for Princess Peach, but like bayonetified. And what I mean by that is like, they're really short dresses, very revealing. Um, they're accompanied by like sexy stockings and like super, super high heel stilettos. Um, another cool thing is when you're wearing these costumes, the halos in the game are now like the classic Mario gold coins and they make the iconic like coin collection sound when they're picked up, which is really cool. Wow. Also, there are special attacks, uh, attacks that normally summon the giant like butterfly thing. Um, now summon the fists and the feet of Bowser, and he makes like a roar and like snarls and stuff, which is cool. Uh, the next one is the Hero of Hyrule costume. So Link, which is how I played it, because why could I? How could I not? You know. <laughs> so Bea wears the uh, iconic green tunic that Link always dons in all of his games. There's also a Hylian shield. And the Master Sword. So the sword that you're actually swinging around is the Master Sword. So how cool is that? And instead of halos dropping, now you get to pick up rupees. And it makes the special rupee sound when you collect them, which was awesome. Um, Her sword changes appearance to look exactly like the Master Sword. So whenever you have a sword equipped, which is most of the time, at least I did, uh, you're actually swinging the Master Sword around, which is fun. And apparently, I did not know this. But if you uh, rotate the left analog stick and press the attack button at the same time, Link will perform his signature spin attack. How did I not oh, know wow. that? So that's super cool. It's just fun stuff like that that makes it so exciting. But there Dude, are also various Legend of Zelda sounds as well. Good. Like, I don't care about performance. That right there makes that the best way to play the game. Like, forget everything else we just said. If you can play as Nintendo costumes, like, that's freaking awesome. It was so much fun. And there's also a bunch of sounds that play. So, like, when you open a chest, it's, like, the, the classic Zelda sound. Um, wow. When using keys to open unlock doors, it's the secret theme. Um, when entering portals to the gates of hell, there's the teleporting uh, theme. And then when assembling four of the witch hearts, which helps uh, you increase your health, it's the heart container theme. How cool. I love that. Also, Bayonetta can parry using the Hylian shield. And unlike her Shuraba sword, which I think is what it's called, the Hylian shield can actually hit flaming enemies without taking any damage. Didn't know that. I was wondering why the gameplay got easier after I changed the costume. (laughs) (laughs) Also, last one. This one's for you. It's Galactic Bounty Hunter costume. Can you guess who that is? Oh, I did see that. Freaking Samus. It's Samus. So Samus, or Bayonetta wears Samus's classic orange and yellow suit. When shooting with her guns, this made me so happy I didn't realize this, but Bayonetta will actually use, like, the arm blaster that's on the suit, on the right arm, instead of, like, her guns. How cool! There, that that's freaking awesome. I had no idea you were playing that. I, I had no idea you had access to those costumes on the first game. I assumed <laughs> they didn't make those changes until the second game. Nope. I believe they're in both. Actually, I know they're in both. Um, and of course, it has the same sound and appearance of Samus's shots from the Metroid Prime games. Also, players can manually rise and lower the visor of Bayonetta's helmet during uh, both gameplay and cutscenes by pressing the down button on the D-pad. 
So. Dude, that's so cool and unnecessary. <laughs> uh-huh. And also, Jean's, Jean's version of the outfit uses different sound effects uh, than the ones used by Bayonetta's version. So the sound effects for Jean's versions are from the original Metroid and Super Metroid. So just Oh my even gosh. More. <laughs> you know, I don't know. What I heard uh, when I was watching a video today was... Um, you know, when fans heard that the Bayonetta 2 was going to be an exclusive to the Wii U, they were, like, um, you know, aggravated that the game was going to be censored because it's freaking Nintendo, family company. And then, you know, whenever they were sending, whenever Platinum was sending stuff to Nintendo saying, is this acceptable? They had, like, like for one example, they covered up Link link's costume so that you know there was like no cleavage and then when they sent it to nintendo they were like you know what let me redesign it and send it back and it was like full chest like just fully freaking, <laughs> you know what you ended up getting in the game i assume and um yeah like there was just a lot of opportunities that nintendo could have censored all of these costumes and they were just like not doing that they were fully on board Oh yeah, they're definitely Bayonetta-fied, and what I mean by that is, like, very <laughs> revealing, very short, very, like, I don't know, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, but also, just a fun thing while you're saying censorship, I don't know if this was a, maybe, lack of time, or, like, they just didn't want to have to animate all that, but you know when she does, like, her special moves, and, like, her outfit is, like, her hair, and it, like, comes off, you know right. what I'm about, and she gets, like, all revealing and does, like, her special attacks, the costumes don't come off. So I don't know if that was a Nintendo thing or if that's just they didn't want to have to animate it to change, but that is something that I did notice. Um, yes. So do you want to talk about the the sequel stuff now, or do you want to talk about it at the end? Um, probably at the end. All right, I'm gonna move that right quick down to the impact and reception. All right, um, cool. So with the versions and differences out of the way, where are we headed to next? Story time? Um, yeah. No, not quite. Difficulty well, level we played on? Or should we save that for gameplay? Well, it doesn't matter. We can say that now. In our experience. I'm going to put it so, in... All right, go ahead. I was going to say, I obviously played the switch version like we just talked about um the first time i played this game was a couple years ago when it came out and i remember starting on normal and then i was like okay this game's really hard and then i went down to easy and i was like okay this game is still really really hard so i went down to really really easy or very easy i think it's called um and i still only got about five hours in so <laughs> i was like eh, it's maybe not the game for me but then when i played it this time I had it on normal mode, and obviously I beat it in normal mode, so I don't know if I'm, I'm just surprised. a better gamer now, or maybe I'm just more patient. <laughs> I'm surprised that you agreed to play it, knowing that you had already tried so many times to play it in the past. Yeah, I don't know why I did that, but I was like, you know what, it's a classic <laughs> classic action game. I if, I if I'm calling myself a gamer, I have to at least try. And I did, and I beat it. I'm going to talk about, I mean, we're going to talk about the difficulty later. I will say that I played the game on normal. And, yes, um, I also did normal. Oh, okay, nice. Um, mm -hmm. Alright, now story, let's do it.
story. Um, this game starts out with two rival clans that have been around, you know, keeping the balance, the light and the dark balance for hundreds of years. On one hand, you have the Umbra Witches of Darkness, and the other hand, you have the Luma Sages of Light. And the game starts you out with a whole lot of lore, a whole lot of cutscenes um, before you really get to play. Um, these two clans or whatever, they respected each other for a long time. One disagreement caused a war about 500 years prior to the events that are taking place when you're playing the game. Umber witches win the war. Uh, humanity gets scared of the Umbra's power and starts these witch hunts and they end up defeating them because they were still super weak. Um, probably outnumbered them a lot because of the, the war that had just occurred. Um, but of course, one witch remains and is not wiped out. Um, the opening scene has Bayonetta and this dude Enzo burying someone in a graveyard. And we learn that Bayonetta is capable of going into another dimension at will. Uh, because they're burying this dude and they're waiting for angels to come and take this dead person's soul. Um, really what Bayonetta is doing, you know, she's actually dressed as a nun, like giving this dude his last rites or whatever. And she's, she's really just in disguise waiting for the angels to come so that she can slice them and slaughter them to death because that's what kind of game <laughs> this is. And so she's, she's using them as bait and, um, Bayonetta kills all the angels that come. We find out that she does that because she has to kill a certain amount of angels each day. Otherwise, she's sentenced to hell. It's a straight-up quota. Bayonetta was found mm -hmm. in a casket at the bottom of a lake 20 years ago. So we get into this scene kind of talking about her past with Enzo. They're, like, driving away. Um, yeah, she's found in a casket. She doesn't have a lot of memory. And... Um, Throughout the game, we kind of see her start to remember things more and more. Enzo tells Bayonetta about the eyes of the world that could be helpful in remembering her past and would probably be helpful in restoring the balance of light and dark. Um, all of a sudden, we get like some crazy action sequence where like... Well, okay, so Bayonetta <laughs> looks at Enzo and he's driving and she pulls this tracker off of him, throws it off. And, and we see behind them, there was actually this car following them. And then there's this freaking airplane that was also following them that just like crashes into the city and destroys everything. It's like this crazy <laughs> opening sequence. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, you're getting fed so much stuff here in like the first 10 minutes. You're like, what is going on right now? Maybe that's just me. But, um, yeah, that's that's what happens bayonetta kind of sets out to look for these eyes of the world she kind of like sets out to figure out who these people are that are chasing her i'm pretty sure jean is uh there right at the jean. beginning <laughs> yeah she she was in the the airplane and um we find out that jean is like someone that bayonetta finds super familiar and we start to get flashbacks throughout the game uh, I'm not going to, you know, we're just kind of giving a brief overview here of the story. I'm not going to sit here and go through the entire thing, um, especially if listening to this makes you want to play the game. But, um, mm -hmm. yeah, we a few characters that we meet. Um, Luca, 
he is this guy that thinks that Bayonetta killed his father and simultaneously he is very attracted to her it's a very strange dynamic <laughs> I just was very confused the whole game oh uh, yeah <laughs> and she calls him Cheshire 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 what Cat. does that mean I so Cheshire is obviously from Alice in Wonderland it's the cat with like the giant smile oh. I don't know what I don't know what context it it has in this game except for the <laughs> little cat that she carries around she calls it Cheshire you know what go look up the freaking cover art real quick like right now go look up the cover mm-hmm. art for the new game the Bayonetta Origins it straight up looks mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. cat from Alice in, Alice in Wonderland so, yeah, I guess it's just the uh, inspiration from that. Yeah, I mean, Cheshire. I, I don't know. So I, I mean, I'm glad it's clear guess, to you. I still have no idea what's going on. So I guess from the point of playing one without knowing that there is a prequel out there, it's just the cat. That's, it's just the little stuffed cat that Cereza carries around and she calls it Cheshire. But now, having the knowledge that we do, that there's a prequel coming out and that there's a demon or whatever that falls around named Cheshire. I guess that makes sense now. But if you're playing this game without knowing that, you're just like, I don't know, it's just a stuffed animal. Uh. <laughs> it's just a pet name. Okay. Alright, I'm reading too much into it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so, much like you were talking about with that Scarlet Symphony game, I, I recognized Luca's voice and I was like, you know, it sounds a lot like somebody I know. Turns out he's the English voice actor for Sasuke in the Naruto series. And then I found out that he's also, oh. like, I don't know, a hundred other characters, like, throughout video <laughs> games that I've heard before. Like, um, mm-hmm. I guess most prominently, he's Peter Parker in the Marvel Spider-Man game on PS4. So, what? that was neat. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Um, Next character, we have... Ceresa, she's this girl that we come across probably a third of the way through the game. Um, I don't even remember how you come across her, but she calls Bayonetta Mommy. And we find out later it's actually a younger version of Bayonetta. Um, I don't think that is ever truly explained. But uh, uh-uh. maybe, <laughs> maybe I just need to play the sequels. Maybe I need to watch a youtube video i don't know we meet john i told you about her super familiar to bayonetta basically to paint a word picture she looks a lot like bayonetta she correct me if i'm wrong hannah she's a luma sage yes she's the light sage okay and then um yeah she's a super prominent character throughout the game and then we got this dude Rodan, Rodan. I I was watching Rodan. YouTube videos. I thought his name was Rodin, but Rodan is how it's pronounced by everyone on YouTube. So that's got to be it. Um, mm-hmm. Super powerful demon. He sells bayonetta goods that she purchases with halos that she takes off of dead angels that she kills, or from various pots and crates you destroy in the overworld. Um, this dude's really cool. He's kind of like. I don't know. The whole game is so over the top. It's absolutely insane. And this dude is like stereotypical over the top, like big beefy guy that is, I don't even know. I don't know how to describe Rodon other than that. He's 
he's a beast and i thought he was satan half like actually the entire time <laughs> i was playing i thought he was supposed to represent satan and it turns out he's just a demon so <laughs> uh, oh that's funny yeah you, you you nailed it he's just a big old beefy guy and uh he sells you stuff from the gates of hell to go with the whole satan thing um huh I mean, you knew it was the gates of hell, right? Like, like every time you click, go to the store or whatever, it's it says gates of hell. That's how I knew that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I was, but I was thinking the portal or thing that he opens up is it just like a further place in hell, or <laughs> so like the inferno of hell? <laughs> Can I get a map, please? <laughs> yeah, please. I need to know where this guy is going. But yeah, every time he goes, he like he comes back. And he's like all bloody and beat up, and he's like, "Oh, this was this was a hard weapon to forge. I hope you enjoy it or something." So wherever I he's going, he's having one hell of a scenes. fight. <laughs> oh no! They're all, there's there's like three that repeat, I think, and they're all very similar. Uh, so he's pretty cool, I guess. Um, it's just the whole game is whatever i'll wait for that um this game can be incredibly serious at times um at by chapter eight i had no idea what was going on with the story and everything i just like <laughs> told y'all was because i did research today like i have no clue how anyone you know we were talking about it before but we have no idea how anyone could get all of this information from playing the game unless it comes from the sequels possibly that's a big possibility um the, the story for me took a serious backseat to the gameplay, and that's probably normal for me with all video games, but I, I promise you I was trying to focus on the story because I knew I was doing a podcast about it, and yeah, halfway through the game, I was lost. I was also the same way. I don't know if you want to talk about our bullet point, how the story was delivered now since we're on story, but... Yeah, go it ahead. It's just... Okay, so I think you did a really good job of explaining like the beginning of the game like the opening is really really good it's very cinematic there's a cutscene um that kind of sets up the story a little bit but like not really you're still like really confused about what you're seeing it's obviously a, it's a story construct it's supposed to be oh you're really confused in the beginning and then it's supposed to kind of like work its way out and the way that the things play and then it's supposed to be less mysterious as you go on but like i don't think they nailed that very well i'm still very confused about what happened <laughs> so yeah like if if done well, I think it would have been really, really cool. But the way that the game kind of sets up, it like subverts your expectations. Like you think that the angels that are going to come down to help this nun are going to be like, you know, humanoid and like beautiful and just like holier than thou, super bright, you know, white purity. But they're like these ugly ass, like Disgusting. golden, freaky abominations that come down. And you're like, okay, what the heck? Is, <laughs> what the heck is happening? Um, so that was really cool. And then all of the kind of creatures which we'll talk about later are just like abominations like they're not at all what you think but it's like you're playing as what you assume to be a dark witch right she's killing all these angels which you think in your mind are going to be good but then you don't ever feel like a bad guy like you don't know if she's like really on the right side of history or the wrong side of history she's just doing her thing you know and you don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because the other side the lumen sages what they do is bad, right? What what they're doing to Bayonetta seems bad. So it's like this whole subverting of expectations, and I love that. That was so cool. I just wish that they delivered the story a little bit better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that was really well put. 
So there are other ways that the story is kind of delivered. There's obviously, like I said, the cryptic cutscenes, but then there's also like diaries and like historical books that you can go and collect and read. And I tried to read them, but they don't come in like any specific order. It's just kind of like trying to place this arbitrary knowledge into the small amount of things that you know from the cutscenes. And you don't get all of it from like the beginning. Like you have to go out and collect it. But it was like not very enjoyable to go out and collect. So it's like there was no reason for me to go the distance and collect these books and then read all the lore. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I read some of them, but not nearly as much as I'd obviously need to understand the story completely. Yeah. I, I mean, if, if you're into it, the lore is definitely there for you to read. And it's crazy that you need supplemental material because the cuts, there's a lot of cutscenes and they're pretty lengthy. Yeah. It's just, I think they could have worked that into the story a little bit more. But then, well, actually, we'll talk about the cutscenes a little bit later. So I'll save it for then. But yeah, not a fan of how the story was delivered. I wish it was more. But I don't know necessarily mean like longer cutscenes, but I wish there was just like more clarity in the amount of cutscenes that we got. Especially towards the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I was starting to say earlier that this game can be incredibly serious at times. And then there's like other times when you get run over by a boulder and you could become completely <laughs> flattened and float in the wind like a sheet of paper. <laughs> and it's just paper like wild this game yeah paper mario this game is has very i don't know polar opposite moods at times yeah um, it is crazy it's like one second it's like super serious and it's like oh, all these people died blah 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 blah. and then it's like bayonetta will just get like randomly naked and like spin around a pole <laughs> and like give you a pole <laughs> dance it's like what is happening yeah literally yeah i'm pretty sure that happened I mean, I guess it's not a bad thing. I'm sure that's what people love about it. Um, but it's definitely strange and different. It's definitely different. It took me, with the <laughs> first time I played it, I it took me by surprise. Obviously, I knew that Bayonetta was a very... I don't want to put it badly, but... Out of provocative, I mean, she's very out there. She's very showy, flashy, whatever. And that that's your thing, that's your thing. But, like, when I played the game, I did not expect her to get totally butt-ass naked and just <laughs> dance around and, like, and strip and pole dance and, like, oh, it was crazy. I was like, what am I playing? The, yeah, the cutscenes are intentionally over the top. The whole game is super sexual. Um, some examples, I guess. Final Attack on a Boss is called the Climax. When you, I thought this was funny, <laughs> yeah. one of the last levels... <laughs> one of the last levels you hop on a turret but you don't hop on you literally hop on because the button to <laughs> use the turret is press x to ride okay it's <laughs> it's so funny and it's just over the top um, it is and, and it's so, and it's something that you kind of come to enjoy it's like okay it was shocking at first <laughs> and it's like okay now this is just really funny yeah, you're probably right. It's definitely shocking. It's it's over the top comedically, violently, sexually, everything. Um, All of the above. I would say, personally, I think the voice acting was great. How did you feel about it? Well, I thought it was awesome. I mean, how could you not? It's it's. I you know I wonder if there's 
a Japanese voice actor. Maybe I should have done that so we could have a contrast because obviously Japanese voices are way better. But I thought the English was great. English is the, you know, infamous Helena Taylor now. Um, I have no idea. Yeah, well, that's a good good question. Uh, the gameplay... Yeah, I the thought game, it was fine. The, the, the actual atmosphere and setting of the game is... It's in a fictional European, like, world, place, town, city. Nobody really knows. It's called Vigrid. And... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't... Do you have a time period? I don't, I don't have one. I didn't put a time period, no. It's okay. uh, fictional witch times. <laughs> um, the game, like, atmospherically is... It's pretty... My version was pretty. I'm sure yours was too. Uh, like even for a 360 game that came out, we're at 14 years now almost, and the game is it looks really good. Um, personally, the aesthetic is not for me. I've never been fond of like this. <laughs> it, it to me, the best way I can describe it is the game is just constantly looks like it is in very high contrast, and I don't mm-hmm. like it. Okay. Very nice. So I guess what I have, I'll just go through uh, setting and atmosphere of what I wrote down. So for the setting, obviously the gameplay takes both a place in the real world and an alternate dimension uh, that Mm. mirrors the real world called Purgatorio. Um, And what happens in Purgatorio can't like directly be seen by the people in the real world, but it can like affect it with like a gust of wind or like something like a trash can flying across the street or something like that that people wouldn't really notice. Um, most of the time, the game takes place in, like, religious, like, locations, like cathedrals or, like, temple kind of buildings or, like, ruins. Um, and also, a huge portion of the game is also played on, like, moving structures, like buildings and clock towers that are kind of, like, falling, which I think we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, but what I have for atmosphere, and I wrote this down while I was playing it, is culty meets Salem Witch Trials. <laughs> huh. So just yeah. like dark and very contrasty, like you said, and um it's like I don't want to say it's exactly like, but it's like got that dark kind of mysterious atmosphere that like Twilight Princess does, but I don't think as well. Twilight Princess looks way better, but that's actually a pretty good comparison. That's that's really good actually. It's just dark, it's moody, it's mysterious, stuff like that. But yeah, it's not... If you want, like, a very bright, happy, fun, colored game, this would not be the one for you. <laughs> um, well put. Thank you. I think also on the turn... On the, the, I guess we... I didn't, I didn't get to talk to you about the cutscenes. Or you didn't get to mention anything about the cutscenes. I would say that it does a great job of transitioning from gameplay to pre-recorded footage. I thought that that was very seamless. I like that a lot. Um, yeah. The other thing that I didn't necessarily like or dislike is, like, when you went from gameplay to a cutscene, like, the cutscene it would show like a film reel in front of you or like a film strip. And then it was just Mm -hmm. like completely stagnant images with people talking over it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I thought that was kind of strange. Like it wasn't animated at all. So I guess it was, it was probably something to do with the budget, but it was, it was kind of hard to like connect with those kind of cutscenes and like know who the hell is talking unless you like know the voice actor. But that was not my favorite, but not bad. There was a lot of scenes like that though. 
it's hard to tell if that was intentional. I mean, or if it was restricted by budget because like the hair and stuff would be moving even though nothing else was moving. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it was a stylistic choice, but not my favorite. Um, yeah, you know, I like the film reel thing, although I don't know what it has to do with the game, but if they <laughs> wanted to do that, I would have appreciated it being animated. I agree. Yeah, I guess maybe that was supposed to be an aesthetic of, like, the time period, which I know we said we didn't have one, but maybe it was, like, at a time when film reel was, like, a thing. But don't ask me when that would be, because I don't know. Like, 100 years ago? Yeah, that's possible. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. Something different, for sure. Um, And then the last thing I was going to mention about the cutscenes is a lot of times you'll go into these flashbacks with Jean and Bayonetta, and... In the first half of the game, you get to, like, play them. And it's pretty sick, actually. Like, it's nice not having to sit through a cutscene. You actually get to play the cutscene, in a sense. I thought that was neat. That is really true. And then we mentioned this last week, actually, is where you can actually play through the loading screen. Because I know it's not a cutscene, but it's it's kind of similar. Mm-hmm. You actually get to, like, uh, test out combinations and stuff like that while you're sitting there waiting for the game to load. So that was pretty cool as well. Uh, anything else that you would like to mention for this section? Story, cutscenes, anything? Nope. Alright, let's get into some gameplay. Um, I would say... Well, how, do you want to take over this one since I've been leading? Do you want to sure. handle this one? So, I wrote here down for controls. Uh, actually, the Switch version has touch controls, which I thought was kind of cool. I didn't get a chance to test them out like I would have liked to, but... Obviously, it's like dodge as you swipe, and then obviously the buttons are still the same. But I thought that was interesting that they no added... No way. I had no idea. Uh-huh. Touch controls. So that's huh. pretty neat. And then that's all I have um, about controls. The next thing I have is just more about like combat and weapons and all that jazz. Well, I guess it must have been like a direct port from the Wii U and they brought the touch control stuff over. That's really interesting. Because mm-hmm. a lot of games that come from Wii U to Switch, they just like ditch the touch controls. Um, I think. I-, I might actually be making that up. I have no idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that is interesting. Up, yeah. yeah, I would have liked to have tried it out, but I didn't. Yeah, what the heck, Hannah? We're doing a podcast. You have <sighs> to explore all the features. I know. It's my bad. Um, right from the get-go, this game is action-packed. I mean, when you get into the very, like, I don't know, three minutes first, the first few cutscenes, you are instantly launched into intense gameplay, and you're given story via narrator as you are slaying these angels, and you have no tutorial, you just butt mash (laughs) your way through, and, uh, I mean, it's kind of cool. It's like... It's like when a movie opens up with an action scene and um, you have no idea what's going on and it ends up like being a flashback for later or something. But it's it was pretty interesting. Uh, they might have been doing that to kind of like set you up for the next six minutes of cutscenes you have to sit through or whatever. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, uh, but I could not follow what was happening with the story while the intro was happening. <laughs> That's funny, because, like, the first... I, exactly what you're talking about. You're, like, floating on, like, a piece of debris that's falling. That's the part you're talking about? Yeah. So, <laughs> that part, 
because it's the first part where it's like timed and you have to fill up your magic gauge and then do like which time blah 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 but like every time you get hit it takes them away anyway that portion it's three minutes timed i believe and that portion took me like a thousand tries i was like why can i not get this because there's a bunch of enemies coming at you at once <laughs> and you have to dodge at the perfect time and then hit this combo and do this blah 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 but if you get hit it lowers your thing you have to start from zero again and it took me so long i was like this is i remember why i hate this game and i don't ever want to play it again but after i got past that it got better but it was very overwhelming it's like it was so tough am i crazy or did you feel the same way um which part is it it's like it's when they're teaching you like the actual mechanics like how to fill up your magic gauge and how to use which time you're literally falling on a piece of debris no, I mean, I didn't struggle. Well, I guess it's just me then. <laughs> I was like, man, <laughs> I started this on normal, and now I'm going to have to go back down to very easy. I don't know why it took me so just long. Just for the tutorial. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, this is not for me. But I got through it. Don't worry. And then struggled ever since. But yeah, that was like the opening part. So you... um, Just to like give people a little oversight, I guess, for what the controls are like for this game um you have your gun i guess we can save that for combat but you've got a dedicated gun button you've got the dedicated two dedicated punching and kicking um buttons and like one of them is like dedicated heavy and one of them is like a lighter punch or whatever Mm -hmm. um i'm looking at the manual now and it says you can lock on did you ever lock on i did yeah I had no idea that was a thing. That's that's interesting. But if, I think it's, um, it's one of those lock-ons where you have to, like, keep hitting it. Because, like, every time you move and the camera shifts, it, like, unlocks on. So it's not, like, a lock-on, like, a Zelda enemy. Oh. Like, if you're locked onto a Zelda enemy, like, you like the camera will orient itself around that enemy. You know what I'm saying? It was not like that. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um that's probably why i didn't use it i probably tried it once and then gave up but you've got a jump button you've got a taunt button another button i had no idea that existed um you can change weapons with the flick of a single button and then you have evade which we'll talk about in a little bit Mm -hmm. so other than that the combat is very hack and slash oriented it's like smash as many buttons as you can which was my uh (laughs) was my technique but obviously if you want to get more in depth and actually know what you're doing there's like actual combos that you can click it's like x x x a and it's a bam big move or it's like x x y x like that's like a combo and then once you do that you get like some cool special attack where she probably takes off all of her clothes and smacks the enemy or something like that (laughs) (laughs) uh i certainly did not take the time to learn a bunch of combos and I no. never felt like I needed to. Because you could just smash buttons, right? I mean, yeah, it was like I was doing combos, but it wasn't by choice. It was just, oh, I happen to press Y or X in this order this time. <laughs> right. So besides the normal attacks that we talked about and like the normal combos that you can do, there's also torture attacks, which are when Bayonetta fills up her uh, magic gauge which you can do by avoiding getting hit by the enemy and also using witch time perfectly um and they're pretty freaking brutal like um the normal enemies (laughs) that you get 
that come. They're, they're angels or whatever abominations are called. There's ones where you like, you force an angel creature into a guillotine and then you cut its head off. Yep. Um, and then there's another one where you force one of them angel thingies into like a giant spiky coffin and then you slam the, the lid closed. Um, that's another one. And then, of course, there's like more special torture attacks that can be performed with like the bigger bosses that are like special to that uh, particular boss. I didn't write an example down, but they're all pretty brutal and just blood everywhere. And, and just... some of them are questionably sexual and brutal. Like it's like the one where they throw an angel onto the horse. Oh, yeah. I was like, <laughs> is this is this sexual right now? Like, I'm not even sure. Uh, it's like I know which one you're talking about it's like the female-esque looking ones they're like lighter they're not quite as scary looking and they have like flowers like petally things come out of their heads I know exactly what you're talking about I was like huh well (laughs) I guess you know what maybe a motif in this game is like pain is pleasure and that's just not my thing (laughs) you know (laughs) now that I'm thinking about it that's gotta be a major motif that's just not my thing. <laughs> but yeah, some of them are pretty um, I brutal. do think that I, I enjoyed the brutal ones. I, I think that the spiky thing, I, I believe that's called an Iron Maiden whenever you oh, sandwich yeah, totally someone right. in there. Yeah, you're totally right. Um, they're, they're pretty cool. Um, it's, it's a very gory game, no doubt about that. Definitely. Um, they're all they're all really interesting. There's else? also like a spiky ball comes and flies and just like totally obliterates the enemy. Um, there's also things uh, speaking of sexual called climax attacks, uh, which are very similar <laughs> to torture attacks, but they obviously happen on a much larger scale. Um, per usual, per uh, Bayonetta stuff, usually this involves Bayonetta completely getting naked as her hair is her clothes, and then it comes off of her body, and then it forms like a giant foot or like a giant dragon and it just totally obliterates the enemy or smacks the shit out of it you know yeah i mm-hmm. i i spent the entire game questioning if her hair was her clothes the entire game <laughs> or only during these climaxes <laughs> it was just very confusing i think her um, hair is her clothes but then it's also her hair. i don't know because her hair is also long yeah. or maybe her clothes are magical and it just bonds with her hair. I don't know. It's a witch thing for sure. Well, when you say <laughs> when you say magical, it just throws everything that could make sense <laughs> in the trash. So forget it's it. It's magic. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, is pretty freaking wicked and sick. Like overall, they were they were really. I don't know. They they often had quick time events with them. And I don't know how I feel about quick time events where you mash Brutal. a button or whatever. Brutal. <laughs> there were so you, you many. You really of had them. to know in advance. Yes, yeah. you did. Because if you didn't, you would die, and you'd be like, "Well, that's it. I'm done. Never playing this game again. It's awful." Well, so like, there's like ones where there's a gauge, right? You have to mash X or whatever until it gets to until it's full, and that that equals how many points you get. The only way, I know this for a fact, the only way you could max it out is if you already knew what the button was going to be. Because mm-hmm. you got to start pressing it the second it flashes. Yes, that is true. That's very good that you bring that up. That usually, that's happens like with the torture attacks and like the climax attacks. Um, and some of the other bigger attacks you have with enemies. 
But you're right. It, you could your person cannot re- react that fast unless you're pressing all four of those buttons at the same time. You know, <laughs> your finger, your yeah. thumb's just in the middle pressing all of them. But there were so many occasions where if you don't hit it at exactly the right time, like do you remember the um, enemy boss where you're like in this giant lake of water and you're riding like a piece of freaking driftwood or whatever, and yeah, you have to control the enemy like you're holding its horns or whatever behind it and obviously yes. it is naked <laughs> and this is her dragon controlling it and you have to like um move your analog stick to the right to make it go to the right and then left to go to the left because you're trying to keep it like straight but then there's like one specific button that you have to press and i got it i missed it so many times and i hated that level. dude hated i it. I died a few times just trying to figure out what it was they wanted me to do. It was like push <laughs> yeah. left and mash X. I was like, yeah. what is that combination? Uh-huh. Um, and then after yeah. you do that, though, you have to hit a specific button. And then the dragon bayonetta thing, like, punches it back into course. And every time before that punch, <laughs> that button you have to press. I missed it every time. It made me so angry. So this dragon, this dragon, for those of you trying to understand, is it's made out of hair. Okay, it's just, <laughs> it's Bayonetta's hair. <laughs> uh-huh. And it's huge. I mean, this monster yeah. is huge. Bayonetta is like an ant compared to this monster. And then the hair, <laughs> the hair dragon is holding onto its horns from behind. And you're trying to steer it straight to hit. What are you trying to hit in the middle? Is it another kind of enemy or something? You know what I'm talking about? I don't remember. Like, why are you trying to steer it straight? Yeah, I think you're trying to crash it into, well, no, I don't remember, but yeah. Something like that. But uh, Everything like... about this game is so cinematic and epic. I mean, over the top is the only way to describe it. I agree. That's a very good way to describe it. Um, the next thing that I have here is weapons. We talked. You talked really good about this um, a little bit ago, but there's tons of weapons you can add to your arsenal. There's two guns that are attached to her heels, which is like a classic bayonetta thing. You know, she like throws her legs up in the air and then her guns randomly uh, land in her hands, which is just mm, perfectly cinematic, right? Um, but there's also two guns just in her hands that you can uh, hold. And there's also her famous sword, which is her, um, what is it called? Katana. Um, and then there's all sorts of like upgrades and stuff that you can go to Rodin's shop and specifically get, oh, this sword that does this, blah, 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 blah. This that does this, blah, blah, blah. But there's also temporary um, weapons that you can pick up. There's, like, the clawed gauntlets from those two, like, I don't even know what they call them. Like, wolf-esque monsters, I guess, that have claws and they kind of swipe you, whatever. You can pick those up temporarily until they break. Um, There's also, like, a large axe, pole axe thing. And then you can use that to do a special attack. And, of course, it's Bayonetta stabbing the weapon into the ground and then spinning around it like a stripper pole. Um, just that's just some of the other stuff. And there's apparently ice skates that you can get. Did you know that? No. So I don't know how to unlock them, but apparently there's unlockable ice skates that you can wear. And then Bayonetta just kind of like skates through the whole levels and uses those as weapons. Cool, huh? That's very cool. So I'm wondering how much is different from your version to mine. I really did not see a lot of weapons to buy from Rodon or whatever his name is. Um, I I mean, I bought one weapon the entire game. So this uh, is kind of 
the collectibles section, which we don't have on here, but there's obviously we said you can collect like books and like memoirs and all that jazz and history books, but there's also um, records that you can collect. So there's records that are cut in half or like scattered around the world. Uh-huh. You have to collect all the records, and when you complete a record and give it to Rodin, then he goes into the depths of hell and gets you another weapon, and then you can permanently oh. equip it. So again, kind of a pain in the ass. I only unlocked three i think total um but then they're worth of course a lot of halos and i was like i'm not going back and getting 10 or a hundred thousand halos or whatever it is or a million halos um was not going to do that but you could still unlock them so that's interesting mm-hmm. and um each weapon combination obviously results in differences of attacks and combos or whatever um so you can get like super duper in depth with the combat if you want to that being said uh, most of the weapon combos have like the same button. You have to say uh, press the same buttons to make the same combos work. So it's not going to be any like fancy, weird thing. It's all like the same combo of like punch, kick, punch, and then something else happens. I like that. So you can get really into it if you want to or not, like us. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I mean, are we talking about the level, the weapons and items that we purchased in this section? Um, we can, yeah, if you want to. Well, where else does it go? I was going to say, well, it's part of my dislike section, I'll say that. <laughs> but you can <laughs> I'm talk, about, talk it about it I'm going to talk about it. So, the in-game shop with Rodon, it, it seems like the items seem really cool. The descriptions are, like, strangely very long. Mm-hmm. And it's like... This item was found at the bottom of the ocean in 1902, and it, like, gives you this long story. And then one sentence out of it is, like, and this is what it does. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> let me skip to that part every single time. Sometimes it's highlighted for you. Sometimes it's not. Um, but That's where the you're only getting the story weapon from. I bought... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only weapon I bought was this thing called Durga Alt. And um, I didn't buy it until like chapter twelve, and it was it was pretty sweet. It comes from one of these enemies that I hated so much in the game, and I think that's why I liked it because I was able to use it on them. <laughs> um, but we can talk about that when we get to a later part. Um, most of the items cost so freaking much at this shop. I mean, it take took me several levels to unlock anything. Um, and that that's part of the reason why it was the only weapon I bought. I guess the other part <laughs> would be that I didn't unlock a lot of weapons, so... That's definitely part of my dislikes, and we'll talk a little bit later, but I did not like the way that the shop was laid out at all. That bothered me a lot. I guess as far as other combat maneuvers that I, I purchased, because you can do that, you can buy combat thing like, mm-hmm. moves. I, I bought the ability to dodge in the air. Me too! That's the only one. That's the only one that I bought. Yeah, so just to like quickly go over the dodge mechanic, you can a, a big thing in this game that is pretty much a requirement is to dodge right before you're attacked and that takes you into something called witch time which slows down everything around you. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's pretty tough at times, but it is a requirement and it is the simple tap of RT, R2, whatever you want to call it, ZR. Um and yeah and um 
yeah, so you can't dodge in the air, but you can unlock that, and that ended up being a huge help for me. Yeah, which time in learning how to dodge is absolutely essential. You will hate this game if you do not know how to do it, because you will die anytime you're attacked by, like, two different enemies. Like, you have to be able to dodge at the perfect time. And, of course, if you do successfully complete which time, it also uh, fills up your magic gauge, which then obviously you can do torture attacks and climax attacks, which makes battle so much easier. But it is absolutely essential yeah. to learn that immediately. And then again, dodging in the air was nice. I think it's stupid that you have to buy it, and it was really expensive, but still very nice. <laughs> it's like a hundred thousand halos or something. Oh, it was so ridiculous. Uh, we'll get to that in the dislikes because I have so much to say about it. It's not even funny. But on the topic of enemies, do you want to talk about enemies? Yeah, that's fine. All right. So we said this earlier, but. The enemies are like total perversions of like religious figures and entities. Total, just absolute abominations. Um, so archangels are the demon-looking ones that come at you. They're the winged creatures. They're like the ground-level enemy. You're going to pretty much encounter them in every level. So get ready for that. Um, and then the boss fights are things called cardinal virtues. Cardinal virtues, which are like the agents of Paradiso, which is what I called it which is like the heaven entity, if you will, um, that are supposed to be representations of the most divine creatures in that world. Um, these creatures are usually freaking... And they're disgusting. And they're awful. They're abominations, like I said. <laughs> these creatures <laughs> are usually massive, so the boss fights are all pretty like unique and cool. Um, sometimes Bayonetta fights these creatures while like jumping from falling debris to falling debris, like building pieces. That's really cool. Um... So, like, parts of the building, like we said in the tutorial, like, slowly falling down, you'd have to, like, perfectly time the jump, which is another action sequence that you have to know from piece to piece to piece to, like, get closer to the enemy um, or stuff like that. I mean, these enemies, they're, they're massive, especially the final boss, which is, like, a giant rocket ship that shoots into space, and it's, like, a <laughs> giant statue. They're huge. So I think we'll talk about that a little bit more in level design, but the way that they made bosses accessible to such like a small ant creature that is you i think is really neat yeah they're humongous they're hideous uh they're very difficult but i think above all else they are cinematic and they make it a big deal when you come onto one of these what is it virtue cardinal virtues yeah they, they make it a big deal they make this big like giant book come on the screen and it's like this is who you're fighting and it's cool it's very cinematic also one of them talks and it's like wah 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 you know what i'm talking about <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's like charlie brown some, yeah speaking in some kind of like weird language but they're like all the faces are like ivory white and they're like upside down and they're on this like weird mechanical gold shiny halo abomination that's literally all that i can say because that's what they are you know what i'm talking about yeah, the face is like a porcelain doll or something i mean yeah it's, exactly it's pretty disturbing yeah and then there's this one that you kind of encounter throughout the game until you finally beat him but he shows up like three or four times and you're like dude i've already kicked your ass get out of here <laughs> he's the flying one huge i know you know what i'm talking about yeah the want 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 one yeah the enemies <laughs> i think in terms of diversity you're always gonna fight like those bottom letter 
level um, archangels that I mentioned earlier, but there's also like the the poor, poor female-esque angels that you put on the wooden horse thing and torture. There's those. <laughs> there's also two like wolf-lion ones, like one's flamey and one's not. Those are pain in the ass. I hated those. Then there's also the ones that give you the claws. They're like bipedal the wolf things and they kind of scratch at you with claws while walking around on their feet and then of course there's like think, the bigger bosses good i think that one that you're just talking about is the one whose weapon i bought is literally their weapon and they were they just pissed me off the whole game i mean i would use a <laughs> lot of i would die a lot of freaking times fighting yeah. these dudes uh-huh. and it, it really just made me so mad and there's there's <laughs> I mean, two of them and they always show up together yeah and they're yep. awful. And I, I, I don't it. know if it's me. It can't possibly just be me. I don't think that you can dodge them. I don't, I don't think you can activate witch time on them. Um, I think you can. It's just really difficult because their attacks are really fast. Man. So you have to hit it at like the correct time. Like the exact perfect nanosecond. But yeah, I hated them. And the worst thing is they showed up like eight times. And I'm not even kidding you. They were so difficult. Yeah, at least. I hated them. Absolutely hated them. And then there's also the bigger mini bosses, which are kind of like arch angels, arch angels, but like a little bit bigger. They have that pole axe thing that you spin around like a stripper pole. Um, yeah. As far as mm, enemy yeah. diversity, I think besides those ones that I absolutely hated and they showed up eight times, the rest of it was pretty good because the like big bosses were so unique enough to the point where I kind of forgot about all the other non-unique ones, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that kind of takes us into level design there. Yep. So we can do that if you want. Yeah. Start us off. Well, the reason I was thinking about, I mean, it it brings us into level design because I'm thinking about how much variety there really is. And I feel like I fought the same I don't know, seven different enemy types throughout every single level. Mm-hmm. But basically what you do in this game is you go, it's very linear. It's point A to point B. There's like 16 chapters and you just, every single one, if it's not a boss fight level, you start off, you work your way through waves of enemies and you're locked into a small arena and you defeat them. You're, I guess something we can mention here, you get graded um by uh-huh. a few things in each little baby arena here you get uh speed how much damage you take and i don't know what else deaths probably time. like one other criteria deaths for sure definitely yeah. time um and so you get this grade and it's pretty meaningless unless you're like some kind of completionist or something i i just i just want to get through the game right like i mean i'm not having a bad time by any means but i'm just like okay that's cool i got hit to my near death i got beat to a pulp thank you for that grade um i'm not <laughs> I gonna died play it again times. to do better <laughs> yeah um, i use this many it's items it's not something i need <laughs> um like it, it didn't hinder my experience i guess i should say like it's fine that it's there but it didn't better my experience i don't know new i'm neutral on it yeah, I agree. I well, like each level is split up into these different like I don't know we call them mini levels or like sections or whatever, and each get graded. And at the end, you get graded as a whole. So it's like how many 
of these badges do you get? How many or medals? How many of these medals did you get? How many of these medals did you get? And then you get one final grade, and it's like, I don't care enough to actually want to go back <laughs> and do these levels again at all. I'm just happy I got through it the first time. I don't care that I got a freaking <laughs> <laughs> what is it, a bronze medal or whatever, a stone medal, whatever the lowest thing is. Don't care at all. Um, and that again leads into like how much money you get, which then leads into deficiency in the store how you can't buy any items because you have no money because you suck at the level but you don't do the level again because they're so difficult (laughs) oh it's just the more i think about it the angrier it makes me and i'm just that's why i felt like everything was so expensive because i kept getting lousy grades which gave me less money i didn't realize those were correlated yeah so the better you do in the level the more money you get right so the more money you get the more items you can get making you better in general but, like, I didn't care enough to actually... Like, seriously, the the medicine that you get is, like, 700 halos or whatnot, which is fine. But, like, when I was going through level, I barely got enough halos to just buy the medicine again. And you can only get a certain amount. There's only, like, four lollipops you can get or, like, two lollipops of this. And I hardly made enough money just to get the healing things that I knew I was going to need. <laughs> so like I didn't my person never got any better at all but like I also didn't care enough to go back and do the level again and be perfect at it and get this platinum medal and do this and not die at all and hardly get hit and using zero items I was like Mm-mm, don't care we don't have a section for it so we could probably mention it here but the items uh, like the lollipop you're talking about um, you know I never really bought them for a long time because you can craft them. Were you crafting throughout the game? You can craft them? So you push the, like, I, I guess the start button or whatever. You go to the menu and you, you pick up, I don't know what you pick up throughout the, the game, but you have materials you can use to craft. Bro! So you can make lollipops. <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> You're kidding. Man. Okay, see, this is why your games need tutorials. Because I didn't know that. <laughs> Bro, you're kidding oh, me. Man. You know, I t- it totally just went over, meh, went past my my brain that I was actually picking up items when I was going through the level. Huh. <laughs> I mean, okay. it's not like, it, it definitely doesn't show you that you're picking up an item. Like, you would never even know half the time. All right, well, I feel really stupid. Also, another thing to note is that once you finish a level, you get to do, like, this gun-style target shooting thing, which you can also do to get, um, like, different items. But I was never really good at it, so I got, like, maybe one lollipop, and that was it. Dude, I didn't know you could I'm glad it wasn't overly easy. (laughs) Yeah, I forget what that thing is called, the the post-level nonsense. I wrote it down somewhere. But basically, um... Yeah, it's like a... I don't know what you call it. It's You shoot Target these shooting. flying angels on screen. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. Um, it's it's a cool little minigame. I mean, it's fine. I the, the perks are really good. I mean, for being good at it, you get these lollipops that are, as you can tell from listening to us, crucial. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess to go over the lollipops real quick, like, you get... Like, there's, like, three different kinds. One of them makes you attack your attack stronger for a limited amount of time. There's probably one for defense. I'm not sure. Um, 
but the main one is the green one and that one heals you you know you don't just pick up a lot of health throughout the levels you do get some i'm not like, even sure hardly how it could any. be from killing enemies yeah um and then there's also you can revive yourself when you die there's a shot for that um which is gone the instant you die you know it's a one-time use and they're not mm-hmm. easy to come by. Mm-mm. Um, totally forgot about that one, yeah. Wow, well, you missed out on the crafting. That's crazy. Dude, well, how would how did you know? How, did you stumble upon it on accident? I don't remember. I mean, it could have been where I was just flipping through the menu or something and I stumbled across it. Okay, well, Rodan did not tell me that you could craft. No, I did not know that. Rodan. Now that, <laughs> now that makes me feel really dumb, but you know what? I beat the game pretty quickly so what can i say um but yeah that's something that um, i did not like at all was how that was set up something else to mention in level design is there's the occasional puzzle and mm. i use that term very loosely because it is neither challenging nor fun <laughs> um <laughs> You will do, like... I mean, I'm talking, like, 30-second challenges. Like, you have to... You have to, like, talk to a statue. It lifts up in the (laughs) sky for some strange reason with Bayonetta's hair. She gets naked again. And then you dodge it. You dodge a bolt of lightning that comes out of nowhere. And that's it. That's the puzzle. (laughs) Like, I don't even know why this is in the game. I think it is probably... I, it's only in like the first half of the game I feel like you know you get to a point where you don't even see these things anymore yeah so I think the main reason it's there is to teach you like the mechanics like how to how to actually like use properly witch time or like there's some other things we have to like get a special item to do this it's like literally only there to tell to teach you how to use the items and stuff that you're given and that's it I never felt educated maybe with the witch time but <laughs> yeah that is it. Yeah, you're right. I totally forgot to just kind of disappear later on in the game. That's funny. I mean, that that we pretty much just walked you through the, the typical level 1 through 16 right there. If There's a few levels that are exclusively cinematic massive boss fights, and then the yeah. rest of them are straight-up hack-and-slash mini arenas. It's super repetitive, I feel like. Yeah. And, um... And you're mashing two buttons, doing these random combos the whole time. Uh, you start to look forward to the climaxes and the... What's the other one called? Tortures. Whatever. Torture yeah, you start to look forward to those occasional tortures because it's a, a difference between just mashing the same two buttons and doing these combos. Um, and can we... Let's talk about the gun for a second. What? Why is the gun even in this game? It it's sucks. It's so weak. It does nothing. <laughs> it's trash. <laughs> I don't know. I was curious it's not if like you it... were going to have... I-, I was curious if you were going to have the same experience as me, and it sounds like you did. It's super weak. Oh, definitely. And it's not even like it knocks the enemy back or like knocks them out of their attack or like nullifies attack or anything. Yeah. It literally is just like if you are dodging and you back away, you can like shoot at them until they reach you again, and then you can fight. But even then, it's like I'd rather just go like advance towards the enemy and kill them quicker than using this gun that literally does nothing i mean i i can't speak for guns you buy maybe they get stronger and i stuck with the stock gun the entire game yeah um 
but I mean, saying that out loud, actually, now I feel kind of dumb. Maybe there is, maybe it does get better. But the stock gun, not good. Agreed. Not good. And then I think another thing we should mention is that f- not frequently enough, might I say, there are portals to hell, which you can um, get, like, right. restock on your healing and buy new items and blah, 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 blah. But then there's also a thing called Alfheim portals. I think that's what they're called. But you get transported to Alfheim yeah. and it's like a... Um, it's basically just a challenge level. It's like, can you beat this set of enemies in this amount of time? Can you beat this set of enemies without getting hit at all? Can you beat this set of enemies without dying? And then I never completed one because I was like, mm-mm, too hard for me. So I don't yeah. know what the actual reward is, but I assume you get some kind of reward. Um, yeah, a couple of times I found those on accident. And yeah. it was like, I thought I was going the correct way. But no, I don't think I beat a single one either. Um, they're very difficult for sure. They're awful. Um, but I don't think personally for me, there was not enough places to like save and get new items, but that's probably just cause I was really bad and I used all my items like in one boss fight. And then, so then I didn't have them for the next one. Um, but yeah. And then also the world never really rewarded you for like exploring. Like I talked about this last month. One of the things I love is when developers absolutely just put like chests and like hidden things and lore and like books and whatever to like explore and they they reward you for you know going down that extra path that you think there's probably nothing going to be there like going around the corner and finding like hidden tunnels and stuff like that love that this game had none of that absolutely none even even if there was something it was just like one of the alfheim portals or like maybe even just a teensy beansy little bit of health that like doesn't even really help you at all hated it not fun at all. It was like a hassle to destroy the basic pot on the ground. Like, sometimes <gasps> it's too low for my gun to reach, and I have to go and, like, walk <laughs> all the way over there, freaking smack it with my leg, and then like maybe times. get a piece of health <laughs> or a halo or something. And it's, like, so not rewarding. And, um... I agree. Yeah, it slows the game down a lot for sure. But, yeah, there's nothing to explore... Uh, I think this can take us into unlockables pretty good, mm-hmm. pretty um, smoothly here. Um, one thing I would like to talk about is, like, when you do see the occasional unlockable, or uh, not unlockable, but, collectible. like, thing to collect, yeah. Um, we call them collectibles. You, you can... <laughs> Welcome back to the collectible podcast. You can get, <laughs> like, like, there's one thing that's a... There's a bird, there's a crow... And you have one shot at this thing. It's on the ground, and if you see it, you're probably too late because uh-huh. it's gonna fly away. Yep. And, I forgot uh, about that. I don't even know what it evol- what it unlocks, to tell you the truth. But man, picking that up and being like, Lord knows, I'm not playing the level again. You know. But if <laughs> I see it fast enough to get it, oh man, I feel like a monster. Like <laughs> heck yeah. Dude, I think probably Basically, the entire game you... I got like three cl- crows and that was it. And there's like hundreds, right. I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, to explain it a little better, you, you see a crow literally sitting on the ground and when you walk up on it, you can um, press X to capture it. But you have a like maybe two seconds to figure out what is happening on your screen. <laughs> Let it get to your brain and then get to your thumb so you can uh-huh. push the button. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah um 
what else what else is there there's records we talked about yeah there's um, also um books and stuff that have like lore i don't know i can't oh and then there's also if you click for witch hearts very classic to like zelda games you get like a full piece of oh, yeah. witch heart which increases your vitality which is your health metric um and then i think you can also do the same for your magic or can you just collect like gauges in your magic can you expand your I'm magic? I'm not sure about magic. You can expand it by buying stuff with Rodon. I you can definitely I don't know about picking stuff up in the real world. Hmm. Yeah, but that's pretty much it, I think. I totally forgot about the crows. I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause you gotta be wicked fast. Like wicked fast. And once <laughs> it's gone, it's gone. It doesn't show up again. I um one of the things that I ended up buying was actually those hearts right before the end of the game. Like, last mm-hmm. few levels, I started buying all the ones Rodon had. Um, yeah. Like, right before the epilogue level, I, I straight up spent all my cash on that and lollipops. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Definitely. That's what I did. The only other thing I think I bought in the store was... Oh, crap. I can't remember what it's called. Uh... I don't know. It was like it was something that increases your magic ability or whatever, but like not it like mm. it's it gives you a full gauge or something when you start the level or like half full gauge when you start the level or something like that. I think it was like that. Um that was a waste. I wouldn't uh, recommend doing that <laughs> at all. <laughs> I um, think the only other thing I bought was the technique for the crow within so that you could fly. Oh. Did you ever get what? that? No. So you can turn into the um, panther. That's like a given with the yeah. game. And so you mm-hmm. run really fast and that's kind of cool. Like there's like one puzzle that uses it. <laughs> um, and then, you know, the rest of the game, I just used it to quickly move places. But um, the the crow within you purchase and it lets you become a crow and fly around. Honestly, oh, I feel like I sick. used that. I never ever used it in battle, but I would use it to like, I, I don't know, like I definitely use it a lot on like one of the last levels of the game where there's like lava everywhere and so I could just easily fly over it. Um, I don't know, it, it came in handy in a few places. That is sick. I didn't know, did not know there was one. It's like, it was so pointless for me to go look at the shop for things that I could get because I know I could never obtain them. <laughs> So I just never looked, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. But I did look up some unlockables. Not that I unlocked them, but I thought it was really interesting. There's like so freaking many of them. So one of the first things that you probably notice when you beat the game is after you beat the game in normal mode, you unlock hard mode, gallery, and handguns. Um, and then, of course, after you beat hard mode, then you unlock infinite climax mode. So you can probably imagine what that one is. Um, but there's actually a lost chapter. It's called the Lost Chapter Angel Slayer, which is unlocked when you beat all of the Alfheim portal missions. So I guess there was a reason to do them. Oh. Yeah. So a okay. lost chapter. I learned about that today. Oh, really? I thought that you got it for beating the game, but no, you're right. It's for all the Alfheims. Mm-hmm. Man, what a freaking struggle. And then you can also unlock and play as Jean if you get a platinum rank in all chapters in normal or higher mode difficulty. So I think, huh. maybe, I guess you can play them from the start. 
So then a lot of the cutscenes work. You're just talking to yourself and oh, beating yourself up. <laughs> um, also, <laughs> if you successfully complete the lost chapter, you can unlock and play as Little Zero, which is a king of demons. He's like a skeleton, flying skeleton with a staff and a red crown. So I guess you can play as him, which is interesting. I think he's more of a character in the later games, I think, because I have no idea who that is. I had to look it up. but Yeah, I learned about that today as well. Um, you have to, like, Lost Chapter Angel Slayer is like at 51 fights, and that's how oh, you God. unlock this dude. Oh, jeez, no thanks. Also, um, something fun is you. there's a lot of things that can be unlocked if you go to like a phone booth or like the character phone booth like this guy the little zero can be unlocked if you uh by hitting a specific button combo if you stand in front of the character phone booth after chapter two verse three but you also have to pay like a million halos so like imagine oh how how much you have to play in this game to get a million halos but there's a lot of things that you can unlock by by doing these special button combos in front of these phone booths which i think is really cool but they all cost a million plus halos so, have fun with that one. So, he... I, I looked up his, like, some facts about him. He actually gains magic faster than Bayonetta and Jean. Oh. And, um... But the downside is he takes two hits to to be defeated. Oh. <laughs> oh, absolutely so, not. <laughs> it's almost like hard mode, which, by the way, you unlock hard mode when you beat the game, but... An infinite climax. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so there's also a cheat code to unlock this Demon King Zero guy. Oh. Um, so I might have tried that out for a minute, you know, had I known this prior to beating the game, but now I'm never going to play it again, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, this is successfully one of those ones where I'm like, mm, yeah, never again. <laughs> but, on to the soundtrack. What do you have to think about the soundtrack? Hang on, let me see if there's anything else I have here. Uh, I wrote, it is very satisfying to collect crows in levels, and it's an awful feeling when you find the crow and let it fly away. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, and you just watch them glide away in the abyss. Yeah. Um, green lollipops. Yeah, dodging in the air was a good one. Would recommend if you're about to play this game. Mm-hmm. Um... Oh, okay, so the last thing I wanted to talk about was being able to walk on walls. It's really not utilized in the game. <clears throat> and, like, like there's a couple of times where you have to do it. And, like, late in the game, maybe chapter 14, 15, you have to do it. And I'm like, I'm like, I honestly, I'm stuck because I haven't used it in, like, six or seven chapters. <laughs> I forgot it was even a feature. Uh-huh. I, I just feel like it was something that could have been skipped or could have been used more, you know. Um, maybe if... I, I don't actually know. It was just a lame feature, period. It was just not a great one. You're doing the same thing that you do on the ground except on the wall. There could have been puzzles. There could have been a lot more ways to use it, but it was just pretty lame. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I remember there being exactly one puzzle where it was used. My guess was just kind of to teach you how to use it. And then I also kind of mm. forgot that it was a thing. I think there's one boss fight yeah. with Jean that you use it for. And then I don't oh, yeah. know if they use that to kind of set up the fact that you can walk on walls and stuff during like these intense battle fights. And like 
walk in 360 around an object or like climb up this wall and do that. But it's not like climbing up the wall. You know what I'm saying? You're just kind of jumping from platform to platform and like walking all over that. Yeah. Also, there is another part in the game. I don't. It's very towards the end of the game where you have to jump onto the wall and then you have to jump onto these uh, platforms that are constantly appearing and reappearing and disappearing. Exactly. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I hated that because there was only certain dude um, platforms that you could stand on. And then if you were on one that you couldn't, you'd plummet back down to the ground and inevitably die. Hated. There was a lot of plummeting for me. I don't understand <laughs> it. I mean, I probably had to do it four times. And and you know what? This is a part where my game glitched, so I had to do the part again. But I'll talk about that at the end. Um, but yeah, like that was... I'm glad you brought that up. I didn't think anyone would... I wasn't sure if anyone would feel that same pain, but yeah, that what the heck was that part of the game? That was so obnoxious. I had to do that part. I, I don't even understand. So many times because I kept falling. Because it took me a while to realize that there were certain uh, surfaces that I couldn't walk on. So I was like, obviously, I can walk on this orange wall, and it's like, no, 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 you can only walk on the blue walls. And I was like, okay. So once I figured that out, I was trying to jump from platform to platform, and then of course I couldn't jump high enough or jump fast enough. And I was trying to enter into panther mode, which can jump faster, but then I accidentally exited out of panther mode and I fell to my death. <laughs> and I had to start all over again. Yes, it was painful. I hated that one level. It was awful. Yeah, having the ability to fly as a crow still didn't help. The crow kind of <laughs> just, like, flies linearly. You can't really go up and down. Oh. And it just didn't work. Huh. Well, I guess it was better than nothing. But, yeah. The panther was uh, useful just because it was fast and you could get through a level faster. It literally did not do anything else, in my opinion. Hmm. Yeah. We can do soundtrack now. I didn't really have that much for soundtrack. It was just during the cutscenes, it's like very mob bossy, old timey, kind of like weird jazz. And then during like gameplay, yeah. it's like occult music with like religious hymns and very... Um, I don't know, like, human voices are kind of, like, I don't integrated into it. I don't know how you explain that kind of music, but it's, like, it felt very religious, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. It was very opera-type music. It was very opera. epic. Um, That's a lot what the of word I was looking for. <laughs> yeah, during the levels, like, straight-up opera. I read on Wikipedia today that, I don't know how true this is, but that they used female vocalists to you know i don't know go with like the the feministic lead role or whatever oh. and i mean that makes sense i like that um yeah but um, it was also like kind then, of super action-packed like really cantankerous like really kind of focus you focuses you in on this action scene that's happening in front of you with like things flying around and people getting like beat up and stuff yeah um but yes when rodon you know when you go to the gates of hell with rodon you've got these freaking um jazzy jazzy soundtracks the mob boss is like a perfect way to describe it <laughs> there's like i don't know there's like this song that played 50 times throughout the game was a straight up like love song with fly me to the moon i'm like yeah <laughs> I, I hated it i really was not a fan of the entire soundtrack of this game <laughs> really um i mean fly me to the moon 
I've never I would never listen to that song on my own. I guess it worked in this game, but I, the soundtrack was all over the place. The opera fit in. Everything else was it just wild. Yeah, so Fly Me to the Moon is like an actual real song. It came out in 1954, I think oh. I remember looking at. I'm pretty sure that's like a legit oh, song. Oh, you know what? That song... Wow, I sound stupid. Um, yeah, so when you heard, when I heard it in the, the credits, that's when I kind of thought like that I had recognized the song. Uh-huh. Um, it's like a real song. I don't know. Did they remix it for the game? I'm sure they did. But okay. yeah, I agree that the, the song choice was kind of... I liked how it was themed depending on like where you were and where you were going, but it was it was all over the place. Fast paced, slow paced, jazzy, like super action packed and epic. It was all over the place. Crazy game. Mm-hmm. With a crazy soundtrack. Over the top, for sure. Um, the next thing I have is graphics, which I think we kind of talked about a little bit. The combat in all the versions, as far as I could tell, it was very fluid. Um, there were not very many um, frame rate drops as more enemies were coming in and coming at you. It didn't seem um, at all like, you know, how with a lot of ports for the Switch, like when you take it docked and undocked, when it's undocked, it's got like some weird smear Vaseline on the screen. It's like really blurry and like not as clear. It did not seem <laughs> like it had that at all. It all seemed pretty good. The textures were nice. Things were moving smoothly. So I think it was good. I don't have anything to add, really. It just, it really freaking looked fluid on my Xbox. Mm-hmm. And uh, every time I would, like, take a video to post on Discord and complain about something, I just kind of, like, would watch the video. I'm like, oh, wow, it looks really freaking good. Yeah. I think um, there's no bad version to play unless it's a PS3 version. <laughs> that's unupdated i suppose right yeah but other than that it looked good for sure and then we the got next... a lot to talk about with this next part <laughs> yeah difficulty and how hard the game actually <laughs> was um you can start us off with this one so i did not expect you to tell me that you played on normal um no offense or anything i just hey it was a tough game Hey, man. <laughs> I'm a gamer, too, you know. <laughs> I've played some games before. The game was freaking hard. Um, I'm going to tell you right now. Chapter 2, Final Boss, I died about 10 times. Chapter <laughs> 2. Okay. Um, there are three difficulties when you start this game. Very easy, easy, and normal. Mm-hmm. And the first two say automatic on them. I have no idea what that means. Uh-huh. You? No. Okay. God knows what that means. I made it through the first three chapters on normal. I get to chapter four, and it's this boss fight with this guy named For- Fortitudo? For- Fortitudo. Fortitudo. Okay, anyways. Beat it on my first <laughs> try when I was on easy mode, mm-hmm. but I straight up had to drop down to easy mode. Like, I was like, maybe it was too late in the night or something, but I was like, I could beat this with like two hours of practice probably but i am not doing this and i said screw it i I, i'm going to literally drop down to easy mode got back to chapter five put it back on normal um yeah so the rest of the game i was fine on normal mode it was weird it was just to me it was like wow this is a freaking hard boss fight and it's gonna be something where i have to learn his pattern and i just i'm just not up to it 
And um, after I beat the game, I went back and played through that level, and it was, like, not hard at all. So (laughs) I don't know if, you know, there's probably a variety of things. I didn't have to heal myself maybe once. Um, Maybe I just needed to buy a weapon. You know, maybe I just hadn't been upgrading like I should by by Chapter 4. But it was straight up easy. Um, and I got a gold medal on it. So, yeah. Huh. I, I don't know. You stayed on normal the whole the whole game? I stayed on normal the whole game. Did not waver once. Yeah, but it's so interesting that I tried it on normal. Thought it was too hard when I first played it, like, five years ago. And then it went down to easy, and then went down to oh, very yeah. easy. And I was like, wow, this is still a really hard game. I don't want to play this anymore. And then I played it on normal. Of course I died a fair amount of time. I'm not going to say that I didn't. Um, but I didn't... There weren't any bosses that I thought were extremely difficult to the point where I had to lower it down, except for I considered it with the final boss. And I was like, no, can't do that. Don't want to be a baby. Let's just do this on normal mode. I got this. So the final boss took me a really long time. That one, you really have to learn like the patterns and the sequences and stuff. But other than that, I didn't, yeah. I didn't think the bosses were that difficult. I guess we'll save the final boss for later. I think also um, the familiarity, like, the, I don't think I ever beat a boss in the first time. I might have, but I don't I don't think I have. But because there's, like, those action buttons you have to press this at the right time or less you die, it's the more you're familiar just with the level, not necessarily, like, the boss's attacks and attack patterns, I think the better off you are. Which, I mean, is not a profound thing to say, of course, the more familiar you are with it, the better you would do. But I think that definitely is for this game. Yeah, I, I died so many times in this game. I wish it would have given me a count at the end. That would have been fun to share. Oh, um, that would have been fun. I Does it show you how many times you died? It t- shows you how many times you died in like the level breakdown, but I don't know if there's like a comprehensive one at the end. Mm-hmm. I died a lot, let's um, be honest. Yeah. Yeah, there's never there's never been a level I didn't die, that's for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Um and you know, I don't know why, but it would like show you the skull and say the witch hunts are the witch hunts are over and it would like give you one skull every time you use to continue i guess that was like how many strikes you could have towards your record and after five it just stopped counting it was like yeah you're trash yeah um, i thought it was gonna like do a complete game over like super mario 64 where it's like mac game over yeah. forever. you're done <laughs> and it's like no i don't want to be done but then once I reached that five deaths, which I have many, many times, it was like, eh, you yeah. can, you can still start over. You can still have to start this level again. It's good. So at that um, point, it's just like you suck. We're not even gonna keep track anymore. Yeah, I, I mean, if that were how it was, I would have dropped down to easy for sure. If if it was limited continues, there's no way. Oh, but I don't God, know yeah. why they called it. I can't imagine why they called it normal mode. That game was very difficult. I mean, like, I always want to play on the medium difficulty, but this one was called easy, and it felt so wrong, you know? It was like it was like they were taunting me with the normal mode, <laughs> even though it was probably <laughs> hard mode in real life. Yeah, uh, you're probably whatever. right. Just the know. style of this game, if you're not super used to that gameplay, which I can definitely say that I'm not, it was definitely a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Like, I, I went on Instagram and asked people, like, is this game hard or am I trash? And a lot of people said it was hard, which made me feel good. Um, yeah. So, level four forward, 
was all normal mode. Went back and beat level four on hard mode. I mean on normal mode, and then got the gold medal on it. So, uh, yeah, you unlock hard mode after you beat the game. No, thank you. Uh, it also unlocks handguns, which I don't understand. Uh, like I- I'm curious about it. Not enough to play the game again. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'll look it up on the internet and maybe watch some gameplay, but probably not. What I found out today is that um, when you have one H- when you have more than one HP and you get hit, it'll always take you to one. It'll never take you to zero and die. Um, oh. Which makes sense. I just never realized it. Huh. Um, it's kind of like a stamina thing, you know. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting thing. I did not know that. Um, anything, anything else for difficulty that I wanted to mention? I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Game's that's freaking it hard. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, do you struggle with the camera at all? You know, I looked at this and I can't really give you a specific point where the camera was just awful. But I think we said with the targeting, I do remember having to fix the camera so many times or like just my position and it was so slow. Like I'm sure you might be able to change the sensitivity, but I just remember it being like so clunky and slow and that drove me insane. But I don't remember the time where a time where like the camera like clipped behind something or like was pointing directly up or like I couldn't see. I can't I can't give you a specific time, but I'm sure it occurred. I just don't remember. Um, I have to say that the, the camera itself was very slow, and I'm playing the original version of the game. Maybe it's fixed on the Wii U, the Switch, whatever, but, you know, I, I tried to look for a um, sensitivity button, and it didn't exist. So I'm, like, sitting there waiting, you know, looking at my freaking watch for this camera to rotate, <laughs> and it's so bad. And slow. It, I, I think I stopped realizing it at the end. Um, but really when the camera got bad was on the motorcycle or the shmup sections. It was like, if I'm shooting and she's standing up, like she's not, um, in like a, I don't know, high velocity mode. She's kind of leaning back to shoot the enemies while on the motorcycle, man, the camera was placed right behind her and I couldn't see crap. And the same thing happened when when there was like this shmup section later. I was like, dang, dude, I cannot see. It was pretty annoying. <laughs> oh, man. Once we get to that dislike section, I'm going to talk about that freaking shmup scene so much. So, so much. Okay, I think yet. I'm going to save. I have a lot of other gameplay notes. I think I'm going to save it for that. Um, overall impressions and thoughts. So let me move that down or something. But yeah think that is it for the gameplay section unless you got other stuff nope that's it we'll get to my gripes later but um i guess the first thing we could talk about is how bayonetta actually became a nintendo exclusive which i think is not as interesting as the story as you think it would be but bayonetta came out in 2009 on the xbox 360 and ps3 uh, and the game was considered a success so platinum games started working on the sequel of course but then their publisher at the time, Sega, decided to pull a plug on the project in general. Uh, the game sat on the shelf for a long time. Uh, Platinum obviously couldn't self-publish because they probably didn't have the funds. And Sony and Microsoft weren't interested in it. So then Nintendo came along with a big old hero cape, 
Um, and they decided to fund the project, <laughs> and that was why Bayonetta 2 came out exclusively on the Wii U, of course, at the time. Now it's on the Switch. Um, and then just the ongoing relationship between Nintendo and Platinum Games allowed for 3 and Bayonetta Origins to come out. Um, and so even and the creator... And for a girl to, to be in Smash. Right, of course. I think Rodan's also in Smash too, but I could be wrong. I think he's like a trophy or something. What? I think. Oh. Don't quote me. Um, but the series creator even said, I am extremely thankful for Nintendo for funding the project and to Sega for allowing them to use the Bayonet IP. So I guess Sega owned the IP and just, I don't know if they licensed it out or they just outright gave it to Nintendo. I don't know. I'm not sure if anyone knows that. But Interesting. he attributes the game's success and its many sequels to Nintendo and their partnership and their funding. So, yeah. Cool little interesting thing. So I guess it's not really contractually exclusive, but maybe it's just like an agreement between the two. But I could be wrong. I don't I don't know if we'll ever know that. That's interesting. Um, I don't know if Sega's getting any money or or what. But yeah, I didn't even... I never thought about that. But mm-hmm. uh, to kind of give a little more detail, Sega was losing a lot of money. I, I read into this a little bit earlier. and like They had to cut a lot of jobs and cancel a lot of games. It wasn't just like a personal vendetta against Bayonetta 2. Um, and while they were in this reforming process, they pretty much elected to continue working on their stronger titles, mm-hmm. like Sonic and uh, this godforsaken Aliens game. I mean, I haven't played it, but <laughs> Aliens Colonial Marines is apparently a really garbage game. Nice. So that was a poor decision by Sega. Nice. Um, but yeah. the Hideki Kamiya is definitely one of the more vocal developers we've seen in the industry. He goes to Twitter a lot with his issues, and mm. um, Nintendo swooped in. Save, Save the, the day. day. Save the day. Um, yeah. Impact and reception, though. Um, sequels. We obviously got Bayonetta 2 in 2014. Only a five-year gap there. And then we got the Nintendo Switch. And early on, there was a Nintendo Direct. And we waited for ages for Bayonetta 3. And it finally came out at the end of last year. Um, an eight-year gap from 2014 to 2022. Um, lots of drama there that I'm not going to go into with Helena Taylor. I'm <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, pretty sure she's done <laughs> being Bayonetta for eternity and maybe working in the video games industry for eternity. Probably. Um, and then this year, only, what, four or five months since Bayonetta 3, we got... Well, that might be a little off. But Bayonetta Origins, Ceresa, and The Lost Demon. A spinoff with different gameplay, different perspective, different art style. Everything about it is different. Mm -hmm. And I totally was looking up if the developer was different. I don't think Platinum developed this game. Oh, really? I could be 100% wrong. Maybe it's just a different team. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Um, That came out just this month in March 2023. And it is a Switch exclusive, as you might expect, just mm-hmm. like Bayonetta 2 and 3. Um, yeah. So the timeline, basically, you know, obviously we haven't played the second and third games, but the you sh- you're able to play 1, 2, and 3. And then Origins is actually a prequel to the first game. Um, 
So yeah, whether you are the type of person who likes to play things in order or the way they came out, I would say um, Origins is definitely first as far as timeline goes. Yep. Um, I saw a few thumbnails on YouTube when I was looking into the story and stuff, and I guess the plot gets pretty crazy starting in two, and like the whole Cerisa thing gets convoluted to the point where they there may be like a multiverse. I have no idea. Oh no, um, not a multiverse. <laughs> maybe the new game helps explain that. Maybe not. Well, I mean, it was pretty confusing in the first one, so I can't imagine where it's gonna go from here. Hmm. <laughs> Um, Would you like to talk about the ratings? Sure. This could be just a thought on ratings in general, but we'll get there in a second. So, on the PS3, it was rated 87 out of 100. Xbox 360, 90 out of 100. Wii U, 86 out of 100. PC, 90 out of 100. Switch, 84 out of 100. And PS4, 81 out of 100. Now, I don't know what that says. Um, if it's the same freaking <laughs> game that's on the Wii U and the Switch and the Xbox 360, but, like, why are they different? How is it possible that the same game that came out, whatever, 15 years ago now? No, 14 years ago? Was an 86 and a 90, and now it's a freaking 84 and an 81. I don't get it. Um, PS3 to 360, I get that, for sure. The rest of them, I have no idea. Uh, I did look up the IGN score when it first came out was freaking 9.6 for the 360 uh-huh. and 8.2 for the PS3. So both great scores, but that is a huge gap. That's a huge gap, and it's vastly different from what it is now. Even if it's like been upgraded and textures are better and blah, 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 lighting's better, blah, 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 blah. And it gets lower than the original. Yeah. Are we just harsher in our grading Dang. scale, or did we just realize that it wasn't that great of a game after all? Anyway, it's the not game... a nine point six for me. <laughs> no, definitely not. What would you rate it, actually? I guess now's the time. Um, I'm gonna have to give this game a six, to tell you the truth. A six. Not bad, but not great. Alright, that's pretty um I'd say it's kinda low. I think it's about a seven. Um It was not my favorite game, but that might just be because I'm not a super huge fan of the uh, art style or like the combat i'm not necessarily against hack and slash but this one was like really hard <laughs> really really difficult kind of like really combat oriented gameplay which is not necessarily my thing and also there wasn't a lot of story and you know i love story but i asked people story on Instagram, was there somewhere <laughs> yeah it was it's somewhere it's kind of somewhere um but the game generally received, received pretty uh, positive views on all systems. It was Platinum's most commercially successful game at the time, but the company was still disappointed by its sales. So, um, wow. that's interesting. I'm sure they're probably pleased with it now, considering it's been released here and there and everywhere. Multiple times, <laughs> not even just once. Um, but yeah, I asked yeah. people on Instagram what they thought it would be, and out of 268 responses... The little uh, slider thing hovers just below, just between 7 and an 8, but mostly an 8. So, like, maybe a 7.8. So, um, people generally liked it. I liked this kind of measurement because people were, like, really honest. You didn't get, like, people sliding all the way to the right for 10 or, like, all the way down for 0. It was, like, people actually took their time to rate it. They're like, hmm, okay, well, it was good, it was not good, blah, 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 blah. And they rated it, so it was fun. I like that metric. That's awesome. 
I uh, I guess we're on the low side. Just a hair. Yeah, could just be because we don't like that style of game, which I think is fair. But anyway, so the next section we have here is sales data. And um, I tried my dundiddly hardest to find the sales data for like all the different releases, but I'm convinced it doesn't exist. But anyway, <laughs> um, I didn't know like which ones... Okay, I'll just explain it. Okay, so Bayonetta 1 came packaged with Bayonetta 2, right? On the Switch. So does that count as Bayonetta 1 or does that count as Bayonetta 2? Because when I bought it, I bought it for Bayonetta 1 and then Bayonetta 2. So do I count it as 1 first and then 2? Do I count it in as 2 as well? So I don't know. <laughs> also, same thing with the Wii U. It came packaged in with the Wii U on some occasions, but not all. So does that count? Also, the first Bayonetta was also bundled with Vanquish. <laughs> Vanquish, which is another release. Do I count it for Bayonetta or not? And also, I don't think any of these ones include digital sales. I think it's only, like, physical editions. Um, but I did Lame. find a website, VG Charts, which I think has updated mm, yeah. sales figures. I don't know, because a lot of the sections were marked um, not available or, like, not applicable in the table. But as far as I can tell, PS3 version sold 1.21 million Um Bayonetta on the Switch sold 0.57 million, but I don't know if that includes the new standalone edition or just the old one that was packaged with Bayonetta 1. I don't know. Uh, Bayonetta on 360 sold 0.93 million, and then I also saw somewhere that estimated totals were between 2.5 and 3 million copies. But then again, I don't know what edition it's counting. So it sold millions of copies. It's still a success, you know? In my mind. What I can add to that is Wikipedia said by 2010, about two to three years after the game came out, it had sold over a million copies on the 360 and PS3. Okay. So, yes, it sold at least a million copies, if not more. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that's really interesting. I, don't, I didn't look to see what the sales of Bayonetta 2 and Bayonetta 3 are, but I assume they're probably pretty similar as the series has just kind of continued to grow. Yeah, I'm sure it's. I'm sure three was huge for them. Mm -hmm. Even people that didn't play the first two are definitely playing three. All right, next. Um, I have one thing. Oh, I was gonna say Bayonetta Origins definitely developed by Platinum Games. So forget they said anything. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, and then the other thing for this section is, did you know there's an anime film that was released in 2013 in Japan? I did know that, actually, because I also called... saw that on Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, it's called Bayonetta Bloody Fate. So oh. if there are subtitles, that might be a good one to watch. Cool. Is it like a full 12 um, episodes or like a mini? It's a film. Oh, it's a film. Oh. Anime film, yeah. Cool. Very interesting. Uh, let's do it overall impressions and thoughts we've kind of been scattering our thoughts throughout the game i mean throughout the podcast mm -hmm. uh let's start talking about this final boss now i um good yeah go ahead okay so um <laughs> i enjoyed the final boss i think it was just as massive in scale as all the other enemies i mean like i said it's literally like a giant statue that was freaking rocket shipped into space um <laughs> And getting to the final boss, you have to, like, 
you play as Jean because Bayonetta has been captured by blah 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 blah. I don't I don't know if we want to spoil the story that much, but you have to ride your motorcycle up this giant shaft that's been shot into space, and you have to avoid enemies and like avoid lasers, and you have to hit the action buttons buttons at the right time. And then once you get to the top, a cutscene happens and some story happens. Just a little bit of story, no, not that much. <laughs> and then this giant statue thing called Jubileus um, comes to life, I guess. And it's massive. It's huge. It's like humanoid-esque, but it's got like, I don't know, like a headdress on or whatever that's got like pillars that come out of it. And that's like the things that you have to like hit. And once you hit all four of the pillars, um, then it hurts it. And the, the life bar on this thing is Ginormosaurus. It's got, <laughs> it's got like blue, then white, and then or- or red, and then orange, and then green, and then done. So once you get past the blue, then it's the white, and then once you get past the white, it's the orange, and then the red, and then you know what I'm talking about? It was so large. And it was difficult, but not as difficult as you think it would be being the final boss of an already difficult game. Does that make sense? I felt the same way. But uh, yeah, go ahead and continue your thought there. So there's different... Um, this this boss fight, you really have to understand the move patterns and like what kind of attack is coming next because if you don't, you will die immediately. So the first portion is just hitting those pillars, those stone pillar things that come out of a headdress that shoot into the ground. Also, it's worth noting that the whole fighting arena is like an orb. So you can kind of mm. go around like the curvature of the sphere, but like not really. You're still like a really small playing area. Um, but once you hit those four pillars, yeah. the upside down face is on the four pillars. Then she gets hurt and then the ground becomes lava and you have to avoid the lava. And then she crumbles to the ground and then you beat her. And then there's also like this attack that she does that creates like a warp portal in the middle of the thing and if you get sucked into it you die and then there's also the one that you posted on twitter where you have to become the panther and run away from these like (laughs) orb things that like kill you immediately that was difficult that was probably the where i died the most i mean the frozen one specifically but that's the part where the crow, I could literally cheat, like almost cheat, because the crow was such a big help on that part. Really? Dang it. Should have gotten the crow. Yeah. But yeah, that clip that you posted on Twitter was like, mm, yes, that's exactly what it feels like <laughs> to play this game. <laughs> it was so funny. But yeah, there's, there's yeah, a, so... a lot of stages to this one, and you have to like know specifically what to do, or you will die every time it was not the hardest boss in the game for me because the continues you know the, the fact that this one wasn't just a defeat the whole thing without any continues you know it made it possible yeah um it probably would have taken me a whole nother hour if i had to do it all in one sitting but yeah you could take down three of the 15 health bars and freaking continue and you know that was nice yeah, so... Um, not to say I didn't die, though. I definitely died. Go yeah, ahead. absolutely died. But if you... So you could play through it, and there's, like, a checkpoint. So once you get past, like, the first phase, it's a checkpoint. And then it's the second phase, checkpoint, third phase, checkpoint. So you could yeah. continue to over and over and over again. And once you died, once you pass that first checkpoint, obviously you just go back to it, which was heckin' nice. But I think I, towards the end, 
after like five or six attempts, I think maybe I realized that I didn't have enough health. This is before I updated my health at all, mind you. I was like, okay, something's not right. I keep dying. <laughs> so I went back to I went back to um, one of the previous levels and got really, 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 really good at it. So then I was able to purchase all the witch hearts and then can uh, expand my health by whatever X amount of points or whatever. And then it became a lot easier. But it was at that point where I was like, okay, something wow. might be wrong. So I still had the freaking base base health all the way up for the game. Like yeah. an idiot. Because I didn't realize <laughs> that you could expand it anymore. I also didn't realize you could craft things. So maybe that's not so surprising. You would have had a lot more money if you had been crafting. That's <sighs> the sad part. Well, <laughs> still beat it. Still beat it. <laughs> yes, you did. But yeah, Final Boss is really cool. Yeah, the... Uh... The final boss, uh, so I got to like level 16, which you would think would be the final level, but there's an epilogue. So it's level <laughs> 16 was a fight with Jean. Pretty freaking easy. I'm pretty sure that was the fight with Jean. Yes. Yeah. No. The second to last oh, no. was okay. the Jean, I think. Y- correct. So so 15 was actually Jean, and then 16 was a really easy boss fight. It was mm-hmm. the dude who, the, the priest guy that was holding Ceresa. Yep, yep. Um, that was chapter 16. I thought he was super easy. And then, I don't know. I I guess I thought epilogue was, like, gonna be pretty easy or not even, like, any gameplay. It was just gonna be freaking uh, cutscenes, but I was very wrong. (laughs) Um, yeah, so just to prepare, I went and spent all my money on items. I got lollipops. I I told y'all already, I got the hearts. Um, I thought it was super cool that you got to play as Jean at the beginning. Um... And then in the cutscene, I don't know if you remember this because it's been a few months, but whenever Jean like is is waking up Bayonetta in that eyeball of that thing, mm-hmm. the the final boss, she like just drifts off into space. I'm like, why? Like she was fine. All of a sudden, she's just. I mean, I don't know. No, I do remember that. Um, and Bayonetta's reaching out to her, and she's just like gone. <laughs> yeah. And then she lives mir- miraculously. But, uh, spoiler alert, getting hit by some of, like, these blue aura things in the final boss turns you into baby Ceresa. I thought that was pretty neat. You oh, can't yeah. attack for a minute. I forgot about that. And your only defense is to jump. And if you don't jump like the wind, <laughs> you're dead. You know, I think after doing it so many freaking times, I think that it was just a threat. You know, I don't think you could actually get hurt with, with Ceresa until... Um, I think like it was a timed thing and so the enemy would attack you twice and then after that is when you can actually dodge with uh, Bayonetta um, but yeah minor things that don't really matter now I don't yeah I don't um, think they would have killed a child <laughs> <laughs> I was very confused by the final like climax move like were you controlling the boss trying to get her to crash into the sun instead of the other planets? I, I have no idea. I forgot about and that. Then... Yeah, I also questioned that. I was like, what's the right thing to do here? <laughs> Am I supposed to hit all these enemies leading to this moon so it weakens the boss? Or is that me and I don't want to do that? And it's like, ah, I'm confused. <laughs> I died on that part and I was like, please God, don't make me do this level again. <laughs> Did you or no? But I did not. Oh, thank no. God. Oh, that's funny. Um, and then the credits started rolling immediately, which was really cool. Uh, except the game still had a little more to play. It was like, nope, the game's not over yet. Psych. Um, 
and then you had a minute and a half to destroy a bunch of falling space debris with Jean. It was a pretty sick outro. Uh-huh. Agreed. And then the credits actually rolled. Yep. That was fun. Uh, yeah. It was an epic, epic boss fight. Definitely the coolest one, I would say, and not the hardest one. No. Would not say the hardest, but... I thought the fight with Jean was pretty hard. At times. Yeah. Because she could parry everything that you did, so you, like, really had to get good at dodging her stuff. Yeah, there was a lot of mashing that dodge in that mm-hmm. level. I think that might have been the hardest boss for me, but I don't really know. I wish I I wish I wish could tell the deaths, like you said. That would be so fun. I think this is a good time for me to talk about this glitch I had. Um, when I got to the Lego monster thing in, like, Chapter 15, this is right after you get to those flying platforms we were complaining about. Mm-hmm. Uh, right whenever you get to uh, the door, you're about to go walk into this door, and then it blocks you in. You have to fight somebody real quick. Um, my game glitched out. <laughs> I I was fighting this dragon Lego monster thing. Turns into a planet. Turns into a spider. Whatever. And then I fought this thing for like eight minutes straight. Okay, I'm like, wow. There's no health bar. What is going on? And I was very confused. And then I finally beat him. And I wasn't getting, like, I was getting hurt, but I wasn't losing my health because my health bar wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized the game was freaking broken because I defeated <laughs> this thing and I could not go anywhere. I don't know. I-, I tried to quickly Google it to see if anyone else had ever had this issue. And, I mean, it wasn't in the first page of Google, so I'm assuming it's never happened to anyone else in the world. But, um, yeah, it, it just wouldn't let me progress, and that's when I texted you. I was about like, I was about to freaking crush <laughs> this freaking Xbox. I was like, you got to be kidding me! This is such a long, boring level. And uh, now I, I I realized that like there's auto saves in the game, and it always asks you when you turn it on, like, do you want to continue from your last save point? And so when I turned the game off and turned it back on, I was good. I backed me up like a minute, and I had to do all the floating platforms again. <laughs> but uh, yeah it all worked out after that man that's so nice that reminds me of the time i was trying to beat xenoblade chronicles the first one on the wii and it glitched after the second phase of the freaking final boss and i'm just sitting here floating in space and nothing is happening and i'm like something is wrong but unlike your experience (laughs) i had to start it all over again the entire boss or the entire game no the, the entire boss fight oh okay that's rough yeah, but thank God you didn't have to start over. Good stuff. Yeah. Let's talk about replayability. Um, I'm good. You? Uh, yeah, I don't <laughs> want to do it anymore. No thanks. The crazy um, thing is... Yeah, you get hard mode. I almost Go thought ahead. I almost thought about starting the second one, but I was like, you know what? Nah. I feel like it only gets better from here. I feel like people really love 2. I never hear anyone talk about the first game. Hmm. Um, Could be. But as far as replaying this game goes, you can, you know, you got the hard mode. You got that extra level we talked about. There is definitely more stuff to do, but not really more stuff to do. Just the same stuff again. You can play the game again with Jean on hard mode normal whatever you can play it again with that uh zero guy um but it's 
there's not a lot of reason I guess for replayability you can go and get the best ranking on every level you can go and do that on a harder difficulty that is entirely I mean you gotta really enjoy this game to sit here and play it that many times clearly it's not for us to, to replay it um, I'm, there are very few collectibles that you could go and get you know you could go buy all the items from the shop but why <laughs> yeah just do, yeah. why the only reason i went back and played a certain boss fight in level was to get really good at it and then just get a bunch of money and then obviously upgrade myself but like i don't think i ever would have gone back if i didn't have to yeah Uh, anything else to add for that? No, I think that's it. Only do it if you're crazy and you really love the game. <laughs> How long did it take you to beat Bayonetta? I clocked right under 12 hours. Nice. What about you? Um, I, I had an issue. I, I really don't like when games will keep the clock running like this basically what i'm about to say is my mine is not accurate and i didn't even write it down um i'm the type of person that'll pause the game go downstairs and eat dinner for an hour or two or whatever and the clock keeps running on the game and so it's something crazy like 25 hours or something Jeez. and yeah so I hate that. I guess in the future, I need to close my games completely when I want to go and take a five-minute or an hour break, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, but yeah, I wish I had that metric to share. Wow, I'm not going to lie, but that kind of makes you sound like a psycho. You just leave your game open sitting there while you walk away? You crazy? Dude, are you okay? What are you <laughs> talking about? I mean, we're no longer in that age where if you turn off the console, it's going to just all your data and stuff. Like, this is an N64 days. You can you can just close it and just turn it off. <laughs> that is incredibly true, actually. It's a thing. And then you can just pick up right back where you started. I wonder if it stops the clock. It's got to stop the clock. Yeah, of course it does. Hmm. Anyways, I got nothing to share for that. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, it. Let's get these, let's get these outro uh, thoughts going here. Um, tell me about. I don't know. Should we start with the positives first? Yeah, we can do the likes. Actually, maybe we should shit on it some more and then say what we liked about it. That's probably always good. Yeah, let's do that. All right. Do you want me to start? Cause I got a lot. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Okay, dislikes. There were not enough places to save in the overworld. I understand that that's a thing in those kind of games. It's a, it adds a hard, harder difficulty, right? And you have to have some more strategy. But I hated that I could only go get items and save, like, once in a level. And the level had multiple parts. I hated it. Absolutely hated. Second thing is that... They limited you on the amount of healing lollipops and items that you could have. I don't understand. I can never comprehend why I couldn't just go to the store and buy 50 lollipops and never have to go back. I want to have as um, many lollipops as I want. 
I, I guess that's something I can agree with. The first one, I think, could be mitigated if you knew how to craft. That first bullet point you just listed, I think, um, I think you'd be all right. Well, yeah, I probably accidentally added a difficulty added difficulty because of my right. ignorance. But I don't like when games limit how many items that you can have. I hate that. It's like, yeah. if, if I wanted to make it more difficult on myself, I wouldn't use any items. But I don't want to do that. I want as many items as I want. Yeah, I guess it is exactly what it is. It's a freaking difficulty added thing. You know, when I was buying items from Rodon, I was like, am I... It kept saying, like, three per customer. I was like, is that for the entire game? But yeah. <laughs> it sounds like that's not. Uh-uh. It's just per time, per visit, I guess. The next gotcha. thing is... Continue. There was very little healing items to pick up in the world, which I get is because I'm stupid and I can't craft. But there's also, like, no reward for exploring, which you already talked about a little bit. It's like, done. Yeah. I'm not going to go over to that crevice. I'm not going to go to that secret passageway or find this, jump on this building, do that. So I'm not going to be rewarded for it. Hated that. The next thing is items in the shop were really expensive. Which I realize now it's just to motivate you to go back, get really good at a level, and do it again and again and again, and get a whole bunch of money. Um, I wasn't going to do that. So it was like way, way, way far out of my reach. Also, one of the... Um, I don't know, one of the tabs on the store uh, inventory was like, there was only one thing unlocked and the rest were question marks. So I don't know how you unlock those things. You know what I'm talking about? It was yeah. like, come, it was like, come back later and we'll blah, 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 blah. Once you find this or this. I have no idea what that was about. Well, I didn't even know about the records unlocking stuff until you told me. So, I mean, maybe it's another collectible thing. Maybe it's the uh, crow picking up the crows or something it could be but i picked up a few crows and nothing happened so i don't know if it's you have to pick up a certain mm. amount of crows for something to happen um but anyway that jumps into the next thing is the game really doesn't explain the mechanics at all um like i didn't know you could switch weapons or set items to the directional buttons on the left joy con they didn't say anything about that at all that was just me finding that stuff on yeah. accident so I guess maybe yeah. I should have explored the menu a little more, but like at the same time, at least tell me it's there. Can't even blame you for not having read the manual because games don't come with manuals anymore. <laughs> well, mine was digital, so I didn't even get one. Even if there was mm. an option to get one. Um, <laughs> also, the divine punishment in this game... Um, hated it it was just a brutal cycle of freaking punishment right not only do the enemies give you a freaking thorough beat down uh but the game definitely punishes you by deducting coins when you die or when you use items or when you take so much damage blah blah blah, blah. so in the next round you don't have as many coins and you can't buy as many healing lollipops which i guess is supposed to maybe make you go back and complete levels again like we already talked about but it's just like i don't want to do that and i keep getting a smackdown and it's really really difficult and then I still have no money at the end of the level. It was just, it was divine punishment in its finest. Yeah, it's uh, it's like when you have a bad day and it just keeps getting worse. It's a uh, torrential downpour. <laughs> Hated. Um, and then the last thing I have is that the story was just confusing and all over the place. The pacing was not right. I don't like that you had to read books and they were like long passages too it was like 12 pages or some shit of just reading 
and it doesn't give you like any context at all. That was just not my favorite. But yeah, that yeah, was... we have spent a lot of time talking about the story. I agree. Mhm. That's pretty much all my dislikes, though. What about you? Um. I should have been looking at my notes and seeing which ones were dislikes while you were talking. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, let's see here. I wish I could have conquered the Alfheim challenges. I mean, they were super freaking hard. Yeah. But it's called a challenge for a reason. I don't know if that's really a dislike. Um, oh my gosh, dude. How many unfair instances were there where you just got drilled with attacks the absolute second a cutscene ended? Oh. It was like, the I could snap my finger, the cutscene, and I was freaking drilled. I was like, dude, that is unfair as heck. I agree. I can't give you an instance of when that happens, but I know it did, because I just threw the controller and I was like, why? <laughs> I hate this game. Why? Yeah. I mean, I might put my freaking drink down, my controller down to grab a drink real quick and, like, <laughs> instantly attack. Couldn't even pause it with my left hand or something. Like, <laughs> Done. Smoked. Um, I don't think I have any more dislikes written down. I mean, I've talked a lot about my dislikes throughout the episode. I don't yeah. have any additional ones, I should say. Gotcha. How about likes? Um... The motorcycle sequences, I, I really like the variety that you could get. So there's the motorcycle, which was surprisingly pretty fun to me. Um, how did you feel about those? I liked them too. I also liked that they kind of did like the mini level with the target practice. And it just seemed like there were a lot of things to do. It was very diverse. Yeah, if it was just the hack and slash, I mean, that was already getting repetitive for me throughout each level. So without the motorcycle, the the surfing on debris, the freaking shark boss fight, like if they didn't have that, this game would not have been as highly rated, I think. But uh, to break up all of the the basic hack and slash, it was good, and it controlled pretty well. Uh, you know, firing a cannon to destroy a giant boss, the the shoot 'em up section, like pretty good stuff. I dig it. Oh, I remembered one big dislike, and it's a big one. Let me hear it. Oh, okay, so the worst level in the game was the freaking shmup part of the game where you had to... Oh, God, it makes me sick thinking about it. But, like, you still have to use witch time, which is obviously when you dodge, but then, like, the whole screen flips around. I wanted to throw up because the only way to beat that level... Because you're trying to avoid, in classic shmup style, you're trying to avoid the enemies that are firing things at you, but you can still use witch time, but it flips the whole screen. And if you do that in, like, succession, which you have to, because there's multiple attacks that things can do at the same time, I, I, it was awful. I was like, I might not be able to play this game. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I don't remember feeling any any ill will towards it. I don't oh remember my having gosh. any issues with it. It was awful. You don't get, like, motion sick or anything like that, and I do. <laughs> But it just the, the the fact that it flips the whole screen over and there's like things flashing at you and it's oh god it made me want to throw up. I hated it. Interesting. But the boss fight before that is the one that I kept going back to. It's like the the water tube or the water tunnel level where it's like you're falling through like a um what are those called? 
when they in the water it's like a big it's a vortex you're going through like a water vortex and there's like the big squid monster who like shoots lasers at you and you have to like surf your way uh-huh. down there and beat him up that was a level that i got like really really good at and got all the coins and stuff for liked that one then immediately following that i'm pretty sure is the spinny level and that was just tragically <laughs> awful i hated it and it lasted so long if it was just like a short section it oh it did fine. yeah but it was forever. It felt like it took me hours. There's the first section where you're just <laughs> shooting these random... Uh, I don't even know what they are. They're like little, like, I don't know, demon robot thingies or something. And they shoot lasers at you in like a spiral fashion. So you have to like avoid them and spin this screen at which time and blah, 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 blah. And then there's like giant worm things that you have to beat later on. But there's like a thousand of them. There's so many and they take so long to kill. I hated it. It was awful. I died so many times because I didn't want to use witch time. There was, but you uh, have to. Yeah, that part was freaking long. And then the, there was like the first or second motorcycle sequence. It felt like it dragged on forever. It was like on some crashing down city, and the the highway kept being destroyed. It was like, am I doing something wrong? Like that's how long <laughs> it was going. When I started to wonder, <laughs> you're like, hmm. Yeah, I agree. Oh, when you're riding through the city, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. You're, like, riding on the actual <laughs> road, and you have to, like, avoid the cars and avoid the enemies, and you have to um, slide mm-hmm. under things. Oh, yeah, that one was long, too. They, like, they make these great I, sequences. It got repetitive. And then they just get way too long. It's, like, just shorten it down. Yeah. It'd be great. But, yeah, that I was, like... Like, in a dislike. That was, that was the worst level i think and i almost i almost had to put it down forever i was like this is not for me (laughs) this is awful we talked about the load screen allowing you to work on your combos i thought that was a nice touch um mine and yours did not last long enough to get a single combo out no not at all it was like two button pushes and then it was done and a combo is like three or more and it's like yep psych you're done um you know, early on, you could pick up cars. I thought that was an unnecessary and awesome thing. You could, like, throw it at enemies. That um, was nice, yes. Then there stopped being cars in later levels, so that stopped being a thing. But it was cool <laughs> while it lasted. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I like the out-of-body stuff. This was very rare, maybe two or three sequences tops. Unless you did the Alfheims, then they became pretty you know they were in there but Uh the out of body stuff is where you have to protect either yourself in a different dimension or you have to protect Ceresa while fighting all these angels off oh yeah and it changed things up it was pretty neat yeah i forgot about that you can make like a a protection shield or like a force field around her and you'd have to pick her up Mm -hmm. and move her and then yeah i like that i forgot about that that was cool very much reminded me of taking care of the Zora princess <laughs> in mm. Ocarina. Mm-hmm. Picking her up and throwing her around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what did I write? Angel Attack was kind of tough, but a nice little mini game. Oh, that's what the, the thing is called. Angel Attack at the oh, end of each level. The shooting thing? Yeah, that was fun. Mm-hmm. That was very fun. Um... I didn't like, this is like sort of a small dislike, but it was like, here's this long thing that you can read. So you walk up to a door and you push X or whatever, and it's like, gives you information. It's like two different sentences that you have to click through to get through. 
and it's like here's a long thing you can read about this door in front of you or the other option would be just smashing X and you can destroy the door. Like, 90% of the time, there was no point in reading it. And it yeah. didn't have to be that long. It was, I don't know, stupid nitpicking thing, I guess. I didn't need to bring that up. <laughs> um, um, a small like. When you're crashing down, when you jump from any high point, you crash down like freaking, like a meteor. And it's pretty sick. I always enjoyed jumping or like just falling any high distance it was very nice uh-huh definitely i think that's all i got okay i think my likes i kind of already mentioned throughout the thing but i'll reiterate them again since i crapped on it so much i love that nintendo has their own nintendo ip costumes that is great love that that's super cool we need, need more of that also that when you die which is obviously a lot um it doesn't make you play like the whole level again. It basically starts you out the place where you died, which obviously makes it seems like the developers knew that you were going to die there, so they made that a checkpoint for you. Um, <laughs> and you can try it again from there, which I think is great. Um, you can play and fight in the credits. So like as the credits roll, you can kind of um, move your character around, and there's certain sequences where you get to fight again. It's very brief. It's not a very long thing, but you actually get to do something instead of just watching the credits, which I liked. Um... And then, let's see, the water fight where you're fighting uh, on a little piece of scrap metal. We already mentioned that. I like that. It was very dynamic, a very different boss from what we'd seen so far. Also, just the... shark one? Yeah. Just the way that the kind of big boss fights played out, I think was really cool. How you're jumping from platform to platform. And if the enemy was big, you had to like run at the enemy, also trying to dodge attacks. Obviously, the game is 3D. But it, like, takes 3D and, like, a whole new dimension. So it's not like you're just jumping up and down to avoid an enemy running around it in circles. You're going from, like, doing that as well, but then also, like, jumping from this platform to that platform. And then you're flying around in the sky and you're becoming a panther. You're flying like a crow around. It was just, it was really cool. It made, it utilized, like, the small space and made it seem a lot bigger. That is a very good one. Um, You know, there's, like, a long tentacle of a boss or something you you would oftentimes have to run up it to get to the head and you know slice a brain in half like it, it was pretty cool <laughs> yeah that was, that was pretty cool exactly like that the other thing is the james bond-esque ending which has got like some fancy music playing and then of course bayonet is doing her thing stripping on a pole or whatever to like some classic music <laughs> in the background i liked that thought that was funny and then um i also really liked the religious music that they had like the hymns and the um opera music i really like that but that's something that kind of shows mm. up in Xenoblade chronicles and stuff all the time i just like that kind of um tone setting music if you know what i'm saying right and that's pretty much it i like how like throughout this whole three hour podcast it's just been like yeah this was happening and then this was happening and then bayonetta <laughs> was naked for some reason and then <laughs> <laughs> and then she took off all of her hair clothes and, you know, did her thing. Game is freaking wild. <laughs> if I had to sum it up in a few words, it would be, this game is freaking wild. <laughs> it is freaking wild. And I can't imagine it gets more wild, but apparently it does. Uh, I will say, um, this game does have multiple references to... So it is developed by so Platinum Games. I think I mentioned this three hours ago, but <laughs> Platinum <laughs> Games had 
a lot of people from Clover Studios, who was owned by Capcom. So they, a lot of these people worked on Devil May Cry, Beautiful Joe, and Resident Evil. And because of that, there are several references to those three games specifically. Uh, there's Okami references as well. And it's pretty sweet if you've played any of the games. But the one that stuck out to me uh, is Beautiful Joe references, because I played that game as a kid. Um... They, they, there was actually a lot of similarities, um, but like for rating rating um, your action sequence, like the little baby arenas that we keep talking about, you know, getting the rating, that was definitely in Beautiful Joe. Um, the the final kill of a scene will take several like quick photographs, like click click click. That was definitely like Beautiful Joe. Um, Chapter 3 had a direct reference to Beautiful Joe. I wrote down, uh, like, she literally jumped up and said, Henshin a go-go, baby. That is literally <laughs> what Beautiful Joe says in the game, which was oh, pretty really? cool. Like, they're not even subtle Easter eggs. These are, like, direct, like, in-your-face <laughs> references. So it's pretty cool. That's fun. I didn't uh, know that. Yeah. Uh, I think that is it for us. I think we're going to go into some listener responses here. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have yours pulled up? Sure do you. Okay. So I asked... Um, oh, do you want me to start? I was... No, you're good. Okay. So I asked people on my Instagram, what would be advice that you would give to first-time Bayonetta players? And um, I got a few responses. We have Blast from the Past podcast says, just plain and simple, enjoy. <laughs> so I don't... There you no, go. If I, would, I don't know if I would say that as advice. <laughs> also, m.beauty underscore gaming says, play on normal to begin and have a lot of patience. She said she's a big fan of Bayonetta. So I think that's good advice. Patience for sure is a good one. That is something that I lack. And then we have... Uh, Eve.Don10 says, get really good at last second dodging. It slows down time, which is awesome. I agree. We never really talked about how cool just like which time is. How it like slows down time and you can like hit a bunch of enemies and stuff with it. Like how cool that kind of slow down time is. It's super important. And, and just the way that it changes the world and makes it purple and like there's all these clocks around. It is a very neat looking feature and it's very rewarding for sure it makes you makes you feel good when you land it definitely and then arter well you know what a-r-t-u-r-o-r-d-g-z underscore says play Sariza in the lost demon first so apparently if you're going for story you should play that one first because maybe it'll make more sense hmm but yeah so those are good ones definitely be patient was i think the the highlight of that one wish i would have had that one before (laughs) I played it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Shout out to Daily Beating from the Discord who... Um, we just kind of asked the people who played the game alongside us, like, what were some things that you liked and disliked about the game and just, like, overall thoughts in a brief paragraph or two. He said, Overall, I enjoyed the game. I thought the choreography of the fights and cutscenes were super creative and fun to watch. Pretty much every time Fly Me to the Moon came on in a fight, I think I was unstoppable. <laughs> I 
<laughs> I do think the game was a tad harsh in some spots. Nothing super difficult in my opinion, mainly just annoying to deal with. I also thought the end of chapter scoring was strangely harsh, even though it didn't really matter at all for anything. According to you, Hannah, it mattered for something. The, uh, the money. The money. Well, yeah, but if you know how to craft, then said... maybe you weren't strapped for money, like I was. <laughs> <laughs> he said he will be playing 2 and 3 eventually. Uh, I mean, I'm not opposed to it. I'm, I, I don't want it to sound like I hated the game at all. Um, I didn't hate the game. It was... Like, a 6 is not a bad score, you know, I think that we've kind of gotten to this point where if it's like below a seven, it means bad. But I think six is still pretty good. And that's how I felt. I felt like the game was pretty good. Um, I, I guess you guys really don't need to hear any more thoughts from me or Hannah. But <laughs> it, it, was a, it was a very interesting experience. And I'm glad to have beat it. You know, I, I don't feel like I wasted my time with it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I but agree. You know. I would I would definitely recommend um, getting really good at a level and just farming the halos <laughs> so you can get a bunch of items really, really quickly. But yeah, I'd recommend it for someone who just likes hack and slash games um, and also for people who have a lot of patience. <laughs> Not the game for you if you really like... Um... Dang, I don't remember the word. Story? <laughs> yes. I mean, not story, but story. Lore. Story. Um, yeah. Uh, thank you for listening to mm -hmm. our three-hour podcast here. Yeah. Woo! Who would have thought? Um, please let us know if you'd like to see us play Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. Please yeah. let us know if you like this episode. And, yeah, keep an eye out for those listener responses on Discord or the Instagram handle at GameGirlAdvancesP. That's me. And, um, <laughs> I don't know. You got anything else, Hannah? Nope. I think you said it all. We said it all. Three hours. Thank you, guys. What are we doing next month, Hannah? Are we allowed to tell the people? Um, oh, we're starting another new series for the podcast next month. Heck yeah, we are. So you want to set it up since this is your month? I mean, your year? <laughs> we're going to start something new called Video Games Released in Blank Year. And we're just going to talk about the, the next month is going to be the year 1996. So Super Mario 64, the big one. But um, we're, we're going to talk about things that that were going on in the gaming industry what it was like what consoles were out you know what was the i, I don't know yet we haven't really figured the outline out for that episode yet but uh, it's gonna be fun and we're gonna just we're not gonna like go chronologically you know we might jump to 2002 or something or who knows we're gonna do all kinds of stuff um it's gonna be a great time and that will be april i agree i think that'll be a lot of fun going back in time Give us some feedback. Um, thank you for listening. Rate the podcast. All that great stuff. And we will see you next month. See you.